Blog Talk Radio. Who are you? Welcome to the Tailgate Show. The Tailgate Show is recorded before a live Kudio audience. What do you say? What do you say? Live here from the Cudio Thursday night, the tailgate show. And we've got a huge guest for you tonight. Straight in front of me, wearing his Boca tailgate show shirt. It's my boy, Scotty Went. What's up, kiddo? Hey, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to tailgate show. Oh, man. Starstruck tonight, man. Right? This is big. Cool, man. This is huge. Plus that accent. You know, I know we have Abby all the time, but it's just it's different with him. It's just it's him. It's even more legit. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it <laughs> may be. It might be. Oh, it's weird, like we were talking about you right in front of you, right? Exactly. <laughs> and to my right, and of course, wearing a West Ham kit tonight. Come on. Hello. What's up, Matt? Good, mate. How are you? Good, man. Yeah. What are your feelings when you see the Bish? Like, you're a real fan of his, of, you know, a team Absolutely. he plays with. Yeah. So what, what are your feelings? Uh, yeah, kind of underwhelmed, really. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to see him again. I've bumped into him a couple of times, uh, uh, Lion and Eagle, mm-hmm. and uh, seen him at the Strikers game a couple of times. But yeah, it's always good to see you. A legend from when I grew up watching the West Ham. It's good to have Bish on. It's, uh, as you can imagine me standing as a you know, late teenager just uh-huh. before college, standing on the North Bank watching Bish play out there. It was uh, it's great to see him, man. It's great to see him. You ever think you'd be sitting with him in my kitchen? No. <laughs> no, especially on your kitchen. No, I was hoping for something a little bit more upmarket than that. Yeah, yeah. right. It's a real downgrade. <laughs> yeah. I had this plan in my life about yeah. meeting my West Ham heroes over yeah. the years. Yeah, and then I find him in your fucking kitchen. That's yeah. weird, right? You would think it would be in a different place. And to my left, that's him. That's Ian Bishop. What's up, sir? How you doing, fellas? I'm all right in your kitchen, mate, because I've got my eye on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good place. We, we store a lot of good things in there. One of the yeah. key benefits of this studio. Right, yeah. Being in the kitchen. You're so close to the refrigerator. What's better than that? Close to the food, close to the drink. What's better? Can I just mention that the top he's wearing right now, I had the exact same one with a, with a collar on yesterday on the golf course. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. He got a special ones from the club. You see that? Of course. But <laughs> well, he, he he deserves this treat, yeah. treat special. I'll tell you what, I was talking about this count. I went in a, uh, I think it was a CVS the other day, and I ordered a couple of things, and the girl went to me, uh, do you get the over 55s discount? <laughs> oh, I swear, I nearly cracked around the head. <laughs> see, I think I'm not getting that yet, only because I'm super gray in my beard only. You know, not having hair right now comes into play. You know, I don't look as old. I, not that I would not. I'd rather have hair. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying it does put age on you when you, you know, when you have some gray hairs. I wouldn't suit being bald like you did, though, mate. You wouldn't, or you would? I don't think I would. No, no it's, it's not. It's not. It sucks. No, it's not no. for everyone. No, it's definitely you not. You got to be special to wear that the right way. Like yeah, no, or forced into it, dude. It's a huge receding hairline that I had. To, you know, listen, I wanted, I wanted to save some years off me, so I shaved it off. <laughs> Either that or it's a reverse mohawk, bro. <laughs> the, the choices are limited. You know what I mean? It's like a landing strip. Oh, man. Oh, so, listen, let's, before we get to Ian, let's, uh, you know, Boca played, right? Yes. They, they're back, on the win, back winning again, thank God. They got their players back because they, they, they took a bad beating. 
I was going to say, that match that's the game I last game I saw with you. They go spank six nil. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. Well, they they had like four people out. They didn't. They barely had a bench. Is that PDL? Uh, yeah. NPSL. NPSL. Oh, NPSL. Same D four, but yeah. 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 And yeah. then they uh they play again tomorrow. So the game you saw was APSL. It was the other fourth division. No, I actually didn't see it, but I saw they won. Okay. So they were because Douglas posted, "Hey, back on the winning streak, <laughs> one in a row." <laughs> So but uh, yeah, but then they're they're back on the road. I was gonna go with Cardiff. Cardiff's going tomorrow. Um, they're playing. Uh, no, Orlando. No. Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. What is that? The beaches. Oh, uh, yeah, Orlando Beach. Yeah. Is that the beaches? Yeah. That no, is Orlando B. It's the, it's the. Oh, it's the B team. Yeah, Orlando has their own U23 team now. Oh, I didn't know that. Are you sure? No. I don't feel like that's right. It may not be. Is it? I'm gonna say it anyway. Is it um the craze? The yes, craze playing? that's who they're playing. The craze. Absolutely. That's who they played the Re- first Reggie game. Reggie and Ronnie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what, you gotta fill us in, English guys. What the hell is that? That's the famous uh, East End gangsters from back in the 50s. Yeah, there's a movie out called Legends. Yeah. yeah. It's about yeah. the great twins. Yeah. There's, there's Tom, been a few Tom Hardy, I think. Yeah. yeah. Tom Hardy plays both of them. Yeah. yeah. How does West Ham get in all the movies? Because we're from the rough end of London. Hmm. The Green Street it's Hooligans. It's only about violence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely. It's not like the nice. What was the, uh, the, uh, was the one the Arsenal one that they did? The um, uh, fuck me. What's the guy's name? Ian Hornby did the uh, Fever Pitch. You know the nice ones with the guys with his girlfriend. And he's going oh, to watch yeah. the game. You know, <laughs> nice stuff. That's Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham's fighting. Yeah. <laughs> different, different part of town. <laughs> and, and, and believe me, the movies aren't anywhere close to the violence. It's way worse. Happens here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Way worse. I, when I when I saw that Green Street Hooligans for the first time, I was like, "Whoa!" Especially that opening scene. You're like, "Holy shit, dude! This is real. It's yeah. on." My thought was, "There's only 25 people in the film. That's not enough." It's <laughs> 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 exactly. at least 10 times that yeah. on a normal day. Like, and was it was it Frodo was in there as well? <laughs> he was. Wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and they had the rival right though with Millwall, right? Yeah, That's, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, I, I used to go. I don't know if you're there. On a Sunday, there was a there was a pub just just by the Isle of Dogs. Yeah. And my mate was was from the island. And my mate was West Ham, and his brother was Millwall. <laughs> oh shit! So I used to go out round there, and when we'd meet with some of the Millwall crew, it'd be like it'd be like I'd have a like a. You remember the ready break circle? Yeah. With a, <laughs> yeah. The red light round. <laughs> Everybody was looking at me, but because it was with his, with his brother, yeah. it was it was fairly all right. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a little bit trappy anyway, you know. Yeah. I'm a little bit mouthy. So <laughs> you imagine after a few beers when I'm I'm taking the piss back with them and that, and then they'd end up having to sweep me out just to save, <laughs> to save me life. Well, you, yeah. you know uh, Stevie Lomas, right? Yeah. Stevie, so Stevie Lomas was managing Millwall for a while. I I have, I swear. I had the picture on the Millwall gates when he took the job. <laughs> Fuck off, Lomas. <laughs> I had I kept, I kept sending it to him all the time. And then I've seen him since, obviously, and chatted with him about it. I said, you must be frigging nuts, mate. <laughs> yes. This is the next. Do you play for West Ham? Uh, he was also played for City with you. Do you play City at the same time as you? No, or? no, different. He was a kid there, I think, when I was there the first time. Yeah. But I wasn't there long enough to get to know anyone, to be yeah. honest with you. But so he's basically played with uh, Bishop both places, yeah. and then you know it was a West played at West Ham for like eight ten years. Yeah, was there a long time club captain and stuff, and then about four years ago he got the Millwall manager's job. <laughs> he actually got sent off for smashing me right by the touchline of Upton Park. Well, oh. <laughs> I just got up, we just looked at each other and started laughing, and he was off. Oh. Great lad though, great yeah. lad, honestly. Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. 
Dude, I want to hear all of his stories. I mean, I mean, listening to Bish is just awesome. But just, just to set the tone real quick, Bish, could you just run down like a, a quick timeline of, of the jobs? Wow. Uh, wow. Milkman. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, no news, if newspaper route's next, we can skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. You don't know if these shows long enough for me to list it. You know, I started Everton as a kid, uh, 12, 13 years old, going two nights a weekend. I signed apprentice, left school at 15 before my 16th birthday. Spent four years there. Made me debut when I was 18 against Man United. Um, wow. it, was, it was my only game. In midfield was Wilkins, Robson, Muir, and, wow. and Moses. And I was an 18-year-old. What, <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, that, that was 84. 85, they became the force that they did. I think 86. 86, they won the, they won the league twice. They won the Cupners Cup. I mean, way was blocked. Howard Kendall came and, and bought 50-odd players and 50-odd and good players. Mm. And I decided that rather than hang around, I went to Carlisle, which is an outpost, which is just south of Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear, it, it, it rained most days and snowed and uh, the, the golf course got waterlogged just behind the stadium. Some days we couldn't train. Wow. Um, but we had two seasons in what is the championship now, which as a 19-year-old, which is what it was, to have two full seasons, go back to Evan to see my mates, and they're still playing in the reserves. I feel it was the right move mm. for me. They got relegated two consecutive seasons, and the last season I didn't play for five months. Harry Redknapp phoned me out of the blue because my contract was up, and I didn't even know at Bournemouth, I didn't even know who Harry was, what, what mm. division they were in. But he said, come down and, and see if you like it. Mm. I went down, so I went from Siberia to <laughs> Saint-Tropez. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was like finishing pre-season training and going on the beach and there's <laughs> topless beds there. <laughs> I thought of my mates in Carlisle saying, what are you up to? <laughs> and they'd be going, oh, I was going to paint the garage, but it's pissing down again. Oh. I'm like, okay, I'm on the beach with all these topless beds. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one good season there, and Harry sort of touted me, gave me my confidence back in. Uh, signed for Man City when he went up to the the Premier League, which is was the first division at the time. Maybe debut Anfield, oh. which is the place I used to go and watch as a kid. And and all of a sudden, uh, you know, a couple of minutes before kickoff, when they sing, you'll never walk alone. I always say to people, look, I have a love for West Ham, for Bournemouth, for Man City, and I grew up an Arsenal fan. But anybody, especially from the states, if you go to England, go to Anfield, mm. and and. I beg you, if your hairs don't stand up when they start singing, you'll never walk alone. Mm. There's something seriously wrong yeah. with you. So I'm standing there. The lads are getting together, warming up now, and I'm just staring at the cop. <laughs> thinking, oops, I've done it again. I'm like, well, what am I doing here as well? So I've probably spent my career thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> right, we've gone there. Six months later, Howard comes back from Spain. Howard Kendall told me from Everton, comes back from Spain. I said to Paul Lake at the time, it's been nice knowing you. And he went, he went, Fish, there's no way he can let you go. I'd scored in the Manchester derby. We beat them 5-1, the biggest result ever. And uh, within two weeks, I was playing for West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't all bad because I had nine great years with some some great lads. The fan base is so similar to Man City. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been long-suffering, obviously, before the changes in Manchester. And then nine years there... Um, Flew over, hasn't it? Nine years. Mm. But um, 300 games later, I got off another another year for the testimonial, and me and Harry wasn't seeing eye to eye, and it wasn't because one was up and one was down. 
Yeah, we were just, he didn't like my lifestyle, to be honest with you. Yeah. He didn't like the way I lived. And, and he came up to me because it was the beginning, the mid-90s was the beginning of him starting to bring the foreign players in and it's sort of taken over. And you see what it is today. Mm-hmm. It's mainly foreign players. Anyway, but that was the beginning. And he's come to me and say, like, why don't you just have a glass of wine with your meal like foreigners do? <laughs> and I'd be like, Harry, I grew up on a council estate. When did I have a glass of wine with my meal, you know? So anyway, we didn't sort of get on in that sense. I was old school. I was about 32 at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. It's hard to change then, you know what yeah. I mean? So, but my thing with him was, look, if I ever let you down, take me shirt off me. Don't mm. play me. If you ever think I let you down, because what it was them days, you wasn't allowed out two days before a game, which we never did anyway, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Once or twice, really, at the most. But, like, we'd have Wednesdays off. Tuesday night was, was shit yeah. in, the, in the pubs. In the night yeah, pubs. forget about it. So I'd be like, okay, I'll go out on a Wednesday. Uh-huh. And he'd be, he'd be waiting at the door for me Thursday morning. <laughs> uh, and I'd just walk by. I mean, it wasn't illegal. He couldn't really. I'd walk by him, look at him in the eye and go, yep, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> And then he'd run the balls off us in training and I'd try and be up the front. Obviously wasn't, but I'd try and be up the front. <laughs> <laughs> then it was, it was back to Man City. You know, back to Man City. Joe Royal found I wouldn't have left West Ham for any other club. I felt like I had unfinished business at Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, I stated when I went back there, because they were down in the third tier, there was four or five games left, but it was more or less doomed. And I said, look, I've come back to help you back to the Premier League. Mm. We had an amazing Wembley playoff final, which... They still talk about today. The City fans stress that if that day didn't happen, today wouldn't be the way it was in Man City. They could have mm. gone out of business at the time, to be fair. And 2-0 down, 90 minutes on the clock. All the City end was empty, Wembley. Um, we scored in the 90th, I think, or 91st. And then next thing you know, the City fans leave the cars all over London, uh-huh. lock them up. There was all sorts of chaos. <laughs> Piled back into the stadium, into the old Wembley as well. Mm-hmm. And we scored in the 95th oh, to equalise. <laughs> and then went on pens. You know, oh. and then that was it. Following season, we from the first, we got promoted back to the Premier League again. So, uh, Premier League then, I was 35, sort of thing. And then, I mean, good things happened to me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i so fortunate. People say, oh, did you play for England and all this? Well, well, you know what? When I was around about that time. Didn't you get a B cap? I got a B cap, yeah. 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 And uh, I remember that one, yeah. Back in the day, I got a big cap, yeah. And, and, <laughs> See, and really, you represented me, England, mate. I, I did, yeah. yeah. I've still got me, yeah. I think it's me shirt in a cupboard somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got me cap though, <laughs> school cap, brilliant. Um, yeah, and, and I thought I should have carried on. I thought I should have got me me opportunity. There was other things that that happened around about the time, you know. Um, some things I, I really don't want to talk about here because it's light-hearted. But there was some dodgy rumours going round about me and, and one of the other players. and It was all chaos and bullshit. <laughs> Causing me to show my arse to the Stratford end at Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't regret. <laughs> and then... <laughs> anyway, it didn't happen. And I thought, well, you know what? Me here, old Charlie George, he didn't play for England, really. And mm-hmm. he should have, so... I didn't. Glenn Hoddle didn't play as much as he should have. Matt Letizia, not that I'm putting myself in their league, mm-hmm. but sometimes it just doesn't work for you. And I was happy enough with my club sides. And, you know, the City thing, it was sort of coming to an end. I, I should have either stayed and maybe gone on the coaching side, playing now and again. But for me, it was about playing football. Mm. It was about playing. It wasn't about money. I gave up my testimonial year at West Ham 
to go back and play for City, not for any other reason but to play football. Mm-hmm. I think I sat on the bench with Ali that year 23 times and got on the field three or four times, and that wasn't enough for me. So I gave up a massive chunk of tax-free money for mm-hmm. the testimonial year to go back and play. Um, similar thing with Man City. I could have stayed. I love Joe Royal to bits. He's an unbelievable man, great manager. It would have been nice to stay around and, and get on the coaching side of things. I felt I was still young enough. Mm-hmm. The MLS came calling. Asa Harford, who played over here back in the day in the old NASL, um, he said to me, Bish, just go and try. Honestly, you love it. So Miami Fusion came in. <laughs> Ray, Ray, Ray reeled me in big time. <laughs> I swear to God. I remember I'm sitting in my living room. And he goes, Bish, uh, I can tell you on here anyway. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell Jimmy or Ivan what I was getting. No. Hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so he went, uh, uh, Bish, we got 400 grand you can have, 400 grand a year. Back then, it was a, That's a year. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, you know what then, Ray, I'm interested. They are, I'd like to come. And he, he sounded great. He said he'd been to the Sunderland game, watched me there, run the show. And, he went, look, I really want you there. I said, okay. And then he called me back in a couple of days. The 400 went to 300. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I've already told me about some going now. It's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I went, right, just just make sure this is final. And, and you know, I've done deal. I'll come over and I'll see, I'll see what it's like. I think mm-hmm. I'll be going. I don't, it doesn't work. My family don't like it. Then I can just go back. Mm-hmm. You know. How bad could Miami be? Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, anyway. He phones me a couple of days later. He says, I've just got some news. I went, well, I said, I'm ready to go. He went, oh, the 300's now 200. Oh, no. <laughs> went, oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> By then, I'd made my mind up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'd given all my furniture away. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing in the house. He definitely oh, reeled no. you in. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. Yeah. Thank God he didn't say oh, 100. No, <laughs> no he, did. <laughs> well, no. No, he didn't. he didn't. Get, I didn't get it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't loan myself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so he's gone alright we'll do the deal he said but I promise you he said I've won season he said the reason I think it is he said with the MLS is Lovda Mateus came over got a million dollars a year and played a couple of games got injured and sat on his arse and just collected his money I said well I'm not like that I'm not like that I want yeah. to play football mm-hmm. I mean there's more stories to prove that in the season that we had than you probably know but um you know, this is this is a fella that, that had his first meniscus operation. So going back to West Ham Millwall, I had my meniscus operation. The surgeon said it'll be six weeks. I played against Millwall eight days after the surgery. <laughs> eight days. Yeah. I, I was jogging off the ball. I played after eight days. I figured, you know what, it was sore before that. Now you've taken that out. It's going to be sore, but play. <laughs> it, it's, it's relevant to another story where I was playing for Miami anyway. But I got, I got stiff big time, to be fair. Because Ray said, look... Play one season, we'll get the two-year option. You'll get back to your 400 that I promised you. I went, all right, we'll do that because I've got no, I've got no fears about proving myself mm-hmm. in the league and and showing you that I'm not going to be. I don't like missing training. Never mind. I may turn up smelling the beer, but I don't miss <laughs> training. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we have a great season, don't we? And something goes pear-shaped, and we don't know what's going on really. Um, so I still don't know today, to be honest, what the what the truth was about. The fusion, but um, we have a great season. We were the best team in the league, honestly, by far, and we couldn't get there for whatever reason. You know, six playoff games, six red cards. You tell me. Jesus. So, yeah. So I'm sure we've all got. All yeah. You know. <laughs> anyway, so season ends. I go back to sort my visa and that out. 
Oh, right, right, okay, yeah, we've agreed the deal, you're back to your 400, okay. <laughs> Pull the plug on the club. Oh. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I so know that's, and I, I know you guys have heard this story a million times, but I'll tell it in front of Bish. Uh, you know, one of the first times I ever met yet was at one of the striker matches, and I had, I was I asked him about you know playing you know that high of a level and all that kind of thing, and he told me once you play that that hard and that love for the game to get to the level he was at, there's no quitting the game. That you will you'll play till you can't play no more, and then you'll work your way down. You'll go coach, you go player coach, player coach, coach, whatever, and. I know all these stories are true because I remember the first day he told me that story. It never leaves you, honestly. I played five aside with my son a couple of nights ago. And uh, uh, all of the diving and the faking that's crept into the game now was happening in, in the gym with these people who have <laughs> never been players. Yeah. And they're yeah. obviously replicating what they see on the TV. And, yeah. I, and, yeah. I, and I knocked somebody... And he fell down, and he must have been late twenties or something. I'm 52 now. <laughs> yeah. And then he was down the floor squealing, and I thought, oh, I've got this urge to stand on your head. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to stop myself. Because <laughs> next thing you know, there's going to be a pile of people in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My son's going to be in a fight with me. And I, I said to my son, look, mate, I'm, I'm too competitive. I can't. I can't have that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> You don't, I said, you don't understand how hard it was for me to stop myself. That's so awesome. From, from doing that. That's awesome. You know? yeah. Remember in big in Major League, that movie? I think it was Major League. He, he said, you know, that his, his dad once threw one of the kids during a father-son game <laughs> to brush him off the plate. You do need that different level, though. When you're a player, uh, to get to that level, you need that bastard streak. You need to be able to have oh, no. that. Yeah. You, know, you have to. Sure, right? I have three yeah. brothers who... who of the four of us, we were always told I would be the least likely to make it, yeah. and I was the one that made it. Yeah. So there's got to be something else in, in, inside you, you know, yeah. that drive that you need. And, and going back to that story, do you, do you remember when Ray had his heart problem? Yes. That wasn't my fault. I don't <laughs> it might, I might have contributed. But I had, me, I, had me, I had me second meniscus bit, the next big chunk taken out, and talking, going back to the... the Mateus or you know that, that was the story I heard whether it was him maybe I'm doing him injustice but but for me to prove myself so I have my surgery here and we're playing Chicago four days later and I'm like well that's a bit too close <laughs> Dallas is 10 days later so we're going to see the surgeon he says the same thing six to eight weeks I went oh, look I've done this before <laughs> I want to tell you what you do your bit the surgery <laughs> and I'll do my and then then I'll invite you to the game in 10 days <laughs> and you'll watch me play and then I'll buy you a beer in the tent after. There we go. He, went, go. he went, you're friggin' nuts. <laughs> I went, you leave my nuts out of it. <laughs> just, just fix the knee. The nuts work fine. So anyway, anyway, so Ray knows I've got him for me surgery. He's had his problem and, and gone into the hospital so he can't go to Chicago and I'm obviously not on the, on the flight to go. And then I have me surgery and I'm like, I need to be with the boys. I can't not be with the, the team. Mm-hmm. So I'll get myself a flight to Chicago. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Trask is taking over because Ray's still in the hospital. But apparently, because <laughs> Ray told us he's sitting in there watching it on the telly. Anyway, I turn up to Chicago. O'Hare, is it? Yeah, O'Hare is it. Yeah, I get a taxi. I don't know how long I was in the taxi for. Get to the hotel. 
go to the game with the boys. The boys win 2-1, but not me. I'm in the celebrations on the pitch. <laughs> and then Ray says, oh, my God, you want me? he's trying to recover from his heart thing, whatever he had, and oh. then he sees me with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> he says, first, I shit myself. I yeah. know, there'll be police involved, whatever. Yeah. He, whether you come back. Oh, anyway, God. 10 days after the surgery, we played Dallas. We won 4-2. I played 90 minutes. Got the surgeon in there, brought him up here. Here we go. I told you. Yeah? <laughs> Did he believe you then? <laughs> he said you were still crazy, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But was that it on the knee? Is that, I mean, were you good to go after that or what? I was fine, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I was fine. Yeah. Everything was good. Got some good recovery. Though. But look, once you do it, yeah. once, once it's out, it's, see, the problem is when, when it tears, it flaps over on itself and makes your joint lock. Yeah. So once it's cut out, it's out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, I do have a, a high tolerance for pain, I must admit, yeah. because my last surgery, I stayed awake for it. The third one, I took the rest of it out. I said, I don't want to go to sleep. I don't like to go to sleep about surgeries. You know, yeah. I don't know what people are going to do. They did it with me, vasectomy. <laughs> oh, but that was only because I had my landing gear out. I didn't want the nurses laughing at me. <laughs> That's another story, by the way. Yeah. Have you <laughs> ever, got, ever got off the operating table when you're landing gears out and the nurse asks for your autograph? <laughs> <laughs> I went, why do you know who I am? Yeah. Or is there any other reason? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That is awesome. <laughs> and you just know that shit all happened, too. There ain't no way that, you know what I'm saying? That's dead ball on. <laughs> Literally. Dead ball. <laughs> <laughs> well... Say no more. <laughs> so what's modern day doing for you now? Modern day? Um, I'm having a, well, people say I'm having a midlife crisis, but it's a... How's that going? It's an all-life crisis. <laughs> I've had, it's not bad. I've got myself a Harley. Yeah. When I came back from Virginia, 16-hour um, drive, thought, break the journey up, stopped off in Jacksonville. Um, I haven't rode a bike for like four years or so, you know? And stopped off in Jacksonville, thought, I'll have a walk around the Harley dealership. Seeing a little baby that I yeah. left and bought it. <laughs> nice. Shipped it down five days later. I'm back. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch it down here, though, man. There's, there's asshole drivers oh, down here. I know. Yeah. 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 Down here is ridiculous. I know, mate. I mean, it's a cross between the snowbirds and the big old Cadillacs. Yeah. So I, someone almost sideswiped me the other day. Yeah. And, and it's difficult pulling up alongside them when it's like a 90-year-old woman and yeah. kissing that yeah. out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I try, and, I try and tone the words down for the women. Well, even if you say, <laughs> are you blind? Yeah. <laughs> and they've got them big TV screens on. Yeah. <laughs> you see I'm blind. Why would you ask that? With, with wipers on the glasses. <laughs> And then, and then the youngsters just want to race everywhere, don't they? Yes. It's like yeah. NASCAR, isn't yeah. it? Two feet away from you. Yeah. I often sometimes, like, I mean, because I bought my bike to cruise around on. I don't, I don't go mental at all, you know. It's, it's, it's that. I very rarely veer off the A180, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, that's, a good, that's a good trip right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is awkward to tell you the truth because it's between gears. Yeah, <laughs> 35 mile an oh, hour yeah. between gears. So it's like <laughs> most of the time you're putting the clutch in and coasting on it. Mm. Anyway. Super stop and go. Tough life cruising down A one A between gears, man. Yeah, yeah I don't know whether to wear my jeans or my shorts between <laughs> gears. Oh man! So, are, any coaching now? Are you doing anything like that? I stopped, didn't I? I was, I did ten years coaching the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Uh, I took a lot of pleasure from it. Five of the boys that I had, I had a group of boys for 
eight, nine years. Five of them got off the deals in England. So nice. I must have been doing something right, you know? Yeah. yeah. Problem was, mummy didn't want them to miss school. Um. So they came back and did the school, and when I took them back, the, the door had been closed. So, yes. you know, it's one of them stayed there. One of them's uh, with the QPR first team now. He's mm -hmm. on a three-year pro wow. contract. There. Nice. Awesome. Nico Hamalainen, yeah. Good lad. Good player. I mean, we, we hear about that problem all the time, yeah. that, you know, with the kids. You know, it, it becomes that choice between playing in school well, and if you go to go to college and... I, I don't believe it is a, I don't believe it is a choice anymore because anyone can do the school online. You're still doing the same classes. You know what I mean? You can... I, I've sat through it with my kids anyway. My, my daughter can fast-track four years of high school in one year of online schooling and still come out with the same mm -hmm. diplomas or whatever, you mm -hmm. know? So it, it's a choice of, I think it's whether the kid can be disciplined enough to actually do his schooling online. And I think that's what the parents fear. And that's understandable. I felt for the parents. My last couple of years with that group of kids, I actually suggested, because of the professional game, I tried to model what I was doing on that, you know, with the training methods, you know, with, with the discipline and the children. The children come to me before they come to the kids, mm -hmm. uh, before they come to the parents. parents. Yeah, so many children have kids, yeah. So <laughs> they would come to me. I'd just give them condoms. Oh, hey, <laughs> no, stop it. Don't do it. <laughs> we'll do. Just strap in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Never jump without a parachute. <laughs> no, anyway. So, you know, it, it's, it's awkward to have to make that choice, especially when once it, it happens, you can't go back. So if the parent makes the choice and then it fails, I always said, look, you can come back and finish your school. Even if you, you don't do your online school, mm -hmm. you go over there and at least see. If you're serious about this game, you should want to play it at the highest level. Yeah. Now, I had lived that life, mm -hmm. so I knew the pleasures of it and the, the hardships of it and what it took to get there. And I figured, like, look, let's say one of my parents was a lawyer. I wouldn't go into his office and tell him how to do his job. Right. So when they have an issue with me, I'd say, don't come into mine, neither. Yeah. <laughs> this is my office. Yes. You know, and I know football, you don't. Now, I'm going to tell you what's best for your child in a football sense, right? And I'd say to the kids, don't ever disrespect your parents. If you've got a football issue, come to me. Hmm. Right? I'm your best friend as far as the football is concerned. And your parents are the people who you look up to, who you love, and, and who discipline you, except for the hour and a half that I've got you, because mm -hmm. then you're mine. As soon as you're done, I'll give you back. And, and you know, for a lot of them, the nicest thing anyone ever said to me, I had this, this lady come to me when son was eight, because that's when I got the kids, when he was eight, year, eight years old. Seven kids I got at eight years old, they were still with me when he was 17. We just added on. Mm -hmm. We just added on. I'm going, more kids, more kids. Different mm -hmm. players want to come and play. And she said, he was like, he was a tiny little thing. She said, look, he's been to five clubs and none and one. And the first thing I said was, look, this game's played on the floor. doesn't matter how tall he is. So taught the kid, or he taught himself, to be honest with you, that if you keep hold of the ball long enough, these big kids are going to hit you. It's going to hit. <laughs> so it taught him, or the game taught him, to move the ball quickly. Mm. So he was my little go-between where everything went through. Similar to, to the way I played, but smaller. And mm -hmm. I wasn't the biggest ball. And then the nicest thing anyone ever said to me was not football-related. She came to me and said, you've made my son a better person. Not a better player, mm. a better person. So it wasn't just about the training that I gave them. It was about this. I could turn up late. Not that I did, but I could. And know that when they got there, they would train themselves. 
They would, they, they would discipline themselves. Yeah. They wouldn't wait for me. Like kids would go, oh, coach isn't here. Yeah. And the parents would going, where's coach? Yeah. <laughs> if I got there and they weren't started, you know, I'd have it out with them. Well, were you, you were coaching a Schultz Academy, was that? No. No, no, no that? I had my own thing. But what it was with me is the, the travel programs. Yeah. When I first came over, I got in the area where I was near Boca, there was five clubs. And it's a, it's a power struggle. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, I want your best players because mm-hmm. I want my club to be the best. And when I got there, I, I was the sort of link between the five DOCs. And I got them all in the room and I went, you have to come together yeah. and get your better kids together. Mm-hmm. But get it in a way that they don't leave your club. Yeah. Get it in a way that there's something extra for them. Mm-hmm. And then the kids that aren't in there to start with, they can aspire to. Yeah. So you have your schedule of your tournaments, your travel tournaments, your training nights, which was only two nights a week, but it isn't enough for kids anyway. But you'd have your training nights and, and decide your tournaments. Then we'd get one extra night, maybe on a Friday night, yeah. where we'd get your better kids together. And they'd have to earn it. Yeah. And then we'd maybe select two maybe specialist tournaments and mm-hmm. we can take them to. Okay. And I want to prove to you that that's the way to go. Yeah. Because your better kids need to be with better players. Yeah. And yet at the same time, they also need to learn how to carry their team. So which is why I didn't want them to leave their club team. It's like going to an international game. Yeah. You know, you're, you're rewarded for doing well with your club when you go and play for your country. Mm-hmm. And it was like a mini version of that. And, and this is the plan I set out. This was 10 years ago when I first came over. So this is the only way to go if you want to develop players. Now, it works both ways because the players who get in now, they're going other places now doing bigger things, and it gives you that lift, doesn't it? There's nothing like football. Yeah. There's nothing like this sport. I mean, I know there's other sports here, but there's nothing like football for giving you that euphoria and the camaraderie and, and wanting to work for somebody, mm-hmm. your teammates, wanting to pull your tripod for everybody else. And to get that into these kids as soon as possible yeah. and know that if you do well, there's a reward for you. Now, the other kids, the problem you have here is the parents would come to you and say, why didn't you pick him? Rather than saying, what can he do to get in? Yeah. Yes. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, so, exactly the same right now. My kid mm-hmm. playing travel. Yeah. And I'm watching these other parents. Like, you know, well, why doesn't mine get the same opportunity? Well, she's obviously not as good. Well, and, I mean, but they don't want to hear that. Aspire to be yeah. better. Don't, yeah. don't come and complain that you're not picked. Yeah. Take your kid aside and work out how to get them better. You know? Isn't it part of the problem, though, too, is that in these kind of programs, we're talking about mostly richer people, and yeah. there's that that uh, privileged mentality of, yeah. well, I'm paying all this money, so my little Johnny should be able to Absolutely. to go well, and be with the best people. That's the problem we have. The parents yeah. actually run it. Yeah, they run it. The coaches and DLCs don't because they're governed by who puts the money in. If there's no money there, they can't do anything. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you the truth. There's a lot of imposters here. There's a lot of imposters coaching, <laughs> and because there's more of them than there is of the good ones. The good ones walk away. Mm, that's yeah. tough. And and this is what happens with the national pool now. When you look at the U.S. national team now, the problem lies with the kids. It lies down that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I, I was watching, look, I'm, I'm a U.S. I wouldn't say I'm a U.S. national team fan because because I've coached the kids. I think I, I want them to do well. Don't get me wrong. I want the, the football here to be as good as it can be for the kids. You know what I mean? So, so I want the MLS to be better. I want the national team to be better. I feel like they sort of slipped away into the World Cup, to be honest with you, in an easy group. Now, now because there's a, a concept of they're doing well because they're in the World Cup, nobody addresses the problems, the real problems that are down there, because there's a misconception that it's all okay. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> to be honest, I was with Ivan McKinley the other day, 
and I'd, I'd see Ivy quite a bit, and I see Jimmy quite a bit now, which is great. You know, back when I seen Pete Marino the other day, um, he's still sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> and and US were playing Mexico, and the US scored, and Ivan jumped up. I went, yeah, yeah, oh, oh great. And the Mexico scored, and I went, get in there. And Ivy <laughs> went, you've got to support the US. I said, yeah, Ivy, I do, but still I'm thinking about what it does for the kids. Mm. You know, if they get grandfathered in as such, which I think they should do when you're in with Trinidad and yes. you, know, uh, you, you know, I'm not against Trinidad, but, but shameful with, not to qualify, yeah. Yeah, it's it's difficult not to, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all this it's great when they get there. They do well when when they get there. It's, it's great because obviously it advertises the game and, and, and all that. But I'm I'm looking at the bigger picture. And I've spent 10 years trying to change it. And going back to my original story, which with my Alzheimer's now, I'm, I'm really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Getting them five DOCs together, we walked out of there and I thought, that went well. And then I'd speak to one and he'd say, I can't work with him because last year he took three of my players. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and that summed it up for me. And it hasn't changed today. It's no different today except now it's called an academy league. And I don't know what the next thing will be because now instead of paying a thousand dollars a year, you're paying ten grand a year. So it's it's all about the dough, you know. And if you're not in an academy, you can't play for the national team, which is ridiculous. Really? Yeah. So you're a designated US USSF academy, you, you can't. You can't. They won't consider you for the national pool. That's ridiculous. I, t- I oh, took yeah. I took one of my players there. Like I, I Western as a club who who've had an academy for quite a few years. And I was on the doorstep in Parkland, and I was used to kick their ass to tell you the truth. <laughs> they had all these hundreds of kids to pick from, maybe yeah. six teams of every age group. But the age group I had, we used to kick their ass all the time. Yeah. So they'd come and try and steal me players. Yeah. And I'd say, I'd say to the players, look, it's up to you. Yeah. I don't even need to have tryouts anymore. Yeah. If you want to go and look, see what's like someone else, just go. Yeah. I'm not going to beg you. You are. You're a 12 year old kid, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, please don't leave me. It, it doesn't work. <laughs> Like I said, I had the original seven right the way through when we yeah. just started. So, yeah. so listen, um, I sent him to the national pool, sent him. He went, he played. He played two games. I think he, they won one nil. He scored the goal. Uh, sent it forward. And I've seen all the kids in his age group, and I thought, he's one of the best players of his age group, right? Yeah. And then he came back. He played the second game. I think they won 2-1, and he made both goals. And it came back, and it was like, well, no, he's not for us. We've got him at Dallas Academy. We've got him at Salt Lake Academy. And the word kept coming up, academy, yeah. academy. And I'm like, all right, hmm. okay. So I pulled his dad aside said, listen, and there was another kid who I thought was as good as him that I hadn't sent. Uh, I went, look, if you have aspirations to get into this national pool at U17, U16, whatever it is, do you need to go? So I sent him to Weston. Wow. And because I sent the two best players to Weston, everybody else sorted off. Why would you let our two best players go? So it wasn't about the players. It was yeah. about showcases. And if without them two best players, we may not do well in the showcases yeah. where the rest of the kids can be seen at college. Yeah. Mm. It's a fine line. And it is. You do still have to take care of the kids who are going to be college level. But, but it's really awkward for the coach. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult because, I mean, even look, when the college coaches come to see a showcase, there's 50-odd games going on. Mm. And they go and spend 10 minutes at, a, at one game and 10 minutes at another your best player may not even touch the ball. For yeah. yeah. So it really isn't, you know, there's, there's a lot of things which I think need to be addressed and fixed at that level. And I think it will benefit the national teams at the top. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's got to be some form of structure to, to, to get these kids 
into somewhere as opposed to going for the pay to play and having to get to you know constantly try and you know, inch their up into certain clubs to get them. I mean, you should be able to be picked depending on your skill level. What that, does it make? Quite MLS easy? teams do that now. I think there's some of them, not all of them, yeah. but there is independent academies mm-hmm. that still have to have to pay and all that. I mean, it should be. It, it's changing. The MLS is changing, mm-hmm. and for the better. But it's it's happening at a snail's pace. To tell you the truth, you know, okay, they're adding teams. It still doesn't mean things are getting fixed down that level. They're adding teams, and there is that interest, and and I think it's great. And we're lacking one here, aren't we? Really? Mm. I think that's yeah. what we're all about, yeah. Yeah. Because I've lost interest. I mean, I do. I followed. I followed Orlando because my son was up there and he was going to games. And Adrian, Heath, who's a friend of mine, was the coach. So I followed them, and obviously I looked out for Pablo and Jay Heaps and, and the lads. And actually, when I was in Virginia, I sat with Leo Cullen as well for a bit. I'm still like, it's there, you know. You, you never lose that friendship and camaraderie. And when we get together, there's. Can you imagine Ivan after a couple of beers now? He goes back to all the old stories. Ivan, like, don't talk about me arrests again. Okay? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it just, to me, you know, it seems like it should be as simple as making the top mandate be about developing players that are going to go through the system and make it all the way to the national team. And just the, the stories you're talking about, the, the, all the different angles that you have to keep in mind you know, to, to please these parents, and, and it's just insane. But look what's happened. I've, I've spent the last, like I said, I've taken five of them players over. I've taken other players over to Europe to give them opportunities. Now, the U.S. Federation don't like that. Don't take our youngsters away. And yet, who's their best player right now? Somebody who plays in Germany. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They grew up at an academy in Germany. So surely you should see that and say, well, maybe for the, for the national team, it's best if they go and get that full-time better trainer until they offer the equivalent here i mean that's the yes, thing and yeah you can't offer the equivalent. Oh, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. you can't it, offer exactly. it here sorry well well just when you talk about that what do you think about the coaching switch when they went to bruce arena from queens kingsman i see i i, I don't like the the merry-go-round i think if you've had your opportunity then you've had your opportunity yeah. you know um I, you know i don't i, I don't know if Klinsman really changed anything because they sort of put a system together that filtered through at the youth level that I've seen. Now all the academy teams, because I was going looking for players. I was going looking for youngsters to take to Europe. So I was going to these weekends where the academy teams were playing. You can look at him, but you still got to talk to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> nah, come on, me, you got there. <laughs> a private chat. He's like Italian. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. You, you know what I mean? It, it's look for somebody else. Look for something fresh. And and is he really running it, or is it the federation running it? That, that's what I say. I look at the MLS now, and how do you get fired from a club because the MLS own you, and then they put you in another club? You know, I I, I don't understand that that structure or that system. And it seems to me that that's what's happening in the national team. You know, uh, I mean, by all accounts, I've never come across Bruce. Uh, by all accounts, he's a great coach. By all accounts, he's a very likable fella. People like playing for him. Now, I don't see anything different in the way they're playing right now. That's the big thing for me. If he's to come in and change something, I don't see any difference. Do you think that's a perception that the U.S. expected? When when Jürgen came in, he said, we're going to change this, we're going to be more progressive, we're going to do something different. And then when basically the players can't step up to that level and they're repeating the same as they've done before, it was kind of, well, the Klinsman's the problem here. We're not improving. 
And the moment Bruce comes back in again, then it's like, well, now we're back to what we're good at. We're good at running and hustling. It's yeah. like, well, you just criticise Jurgen for that. It's exactly the same players that Bruce is picking. Yeah. It seems that weird kind of, it's almost, you know, and again, being an Englishman living here, it almost seems like that jingoistic idea is like that the foreigner didn't get it right. He doesn't know what we're about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but the American guy knows what we do. It was yeah. almost that, and not that I think Klinsman did a good job. I don't think he did a bad job. I don't think he did a terrible job. But I think there's a lot of people jumped on him because he tried to change the system, or he tried to and didn't do it. And then he was criticized for doing so. But then we go back to exactly the same system and said, well, look, that works. So Bruce has done it before. He'll do it again. Never going to happen, mate. You're never, yeah. going to, you're never going to come in as an outsider and change the system. Yeah. I mean, you it's should. never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what was happening then, what, what I was trying to explain to you before I moved my head away from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, before Chris, before Chris yelled at you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You get this guy on, on the air, man. I want him. Come on. <laughs> so anyway, so I'd go to them weekends with the academy clubs and they were all told to play exactly the same way as if that was the right thing to do. Now, now coaches were told to sit down and let the players do it, which I'm all for the players making the decisions. But you've got to accept defeat then. Yeah. Because for me, with, with my kids, what I learned early, I played them up a year when they were very young. Yeah. And I said, they're going to learn. They're going to lose. Yeah. But they're going to learn. Now, they're going to come good yeah. when it's the right time to come good. 15, 16, 17 years old, whether it's for college or whether they go to the pro level. I'm going to sacrifice their younger years yeah. with results because it wasn't important. The result to me was, was developing the player. Yeah, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but, it's definitely about learning but, the game. But, not, but, but when you go back to that, that, what you said before about the same hustle and all that, yeah. you want football to develop again? Because yeah. under Klinsman, it was all about pure football. Yeah. The Barcelona fallacy, <laughs> as I call it. <laughs> the ticky-tacky thing, yeah. which, great. Uh, okay, they're the best team in the world. You know why Barcelona made so many passes? Because teams were in fear of them. They bunkered in. And I guarantee you, every time their players received the ball, they were looking forward. Yeah. They were looking forward. And because they were bunkered in, they had to go back. They had to go sideways. They had to make one more pass to create that little hole. Yeah. So that was the thing. But to other people, it seems like it's about possession. Yeah. And now you've seen you can have 70% possession and lose 2-0. Yeah. What's more important? Yeah. It's about going forward, looking forward. Even if it is a 30-yard ball, it's not long ball. Yeah. If, you, if you look at me, when I played Miami... I was going to say, you, you asked, you're you known as probably Henderson. the most coached player, one of the top five coach players ever played for West Ham. Well, you ask Chris Henderson or you ask, you ask Tony Cotty. Yeah. I always look for him. As soon as I receive the ball, some West Ham fans criticise me, actually. When you go sideways too much, you've been there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would ask you. Yeah, don't give me my name either. <laughs> So anyway, so I'd say, listen, and, and I would always spend time with them talking football. And, and to the extent where we mates would be in a cab going to the nightclub and I'd still be in the pub chatting football with them. And then I'd get a text or whatever from my mates for all of the year. <laughs> anyway, so I would say, listen, I'm getting the ball. I'm looking. It's not on. By the time I've gone 10 yards sideways and back, the whole pitch has changed. Now I can look again. Yeah. So you've got to understand that. And that's what Barcelona does. But, but to the outside world, it looks like, let's just keep the ball away from the other team. And now the, foot, the, the goalkeepers are having to be footballers now, which is, <laughs> for me, look at Claudio Bravo. Yes. Oh, Pep Guardiola loves him. Yeah. He's great with his feet. Couldn't stop a frigging... <laughs> he couldn't, could he? No. You look at this, he had 18 shots against him, 15 went in. Yeah. Oh, what, what do you want from your goalkeeper? Yeah, I'd like him to stop some shots. Yeah, stop some shots, yeah. <laughs> but but it, it was, for me, the Barcelona thing, as brilliant as they was and as brilliant as Spain was, 
it was it gave people the wrong impression, you know, and the wrong concept. So now, through the Klinsman thing, going back, I can't believe I remember all this book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so the academy teams had to back away and let them play out the back. So instead of the way it should look, where you've got your two centre-backs on the corner of the box, your two full-backs on the halfway line, yeah. now they had four defenders along the box so they could right. give it to. Now they've got no one to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a misconception of it all. And the fact that when two teams are putting heads like that and playing exactly the same way, now your coach has to manage the game. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't allowed to. He had to sit down and let the players do it. Now, the difference between a nil-nil or two teams playing exactly the same way is what the coach sees. Yeah. And what he can do yeah. to change that game. Absolutely. He wasn't allowed to. He wasn't allowed to. That's insane. Don't change the system, sir. <laughs> yeah. Is that kind of like trying to emulate that, the, uh, the Ajax idea about we all play exactly the same formation constantly and play it from the youth level to the so, highest level and hope it, you know. That well, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong because Liverpool were, were, were like that. I remember as a kid growing up, there was Kenny Dalglish clones in the yeah. reserves. In the A team and in the B team, you yeah. played exactly like him. Yeah. Got his body in, twisted and turned. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Because when you step up to the next level, you already know your job. Yeah. So there's that way of doing it, which is right. Right. But you can over, you can, you can over-possess the ball. Yeah. You know? There's going to be a spark. But what do you think? You think. You have three passes, there's going to be spaces mm-hmm. when you look. You have 15 passes. The other team's already backed away it, yeah. and got numbers behind there and stopped everything. It's like watching Arsenal play, right? Well, yeah. Right. I, 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 you know, I'm a West Ham fan, but I love watching Arsenal at times. When well, they, I'm a Arsenal fan since I was six oh, yeah, yeah. Away, so, so when they when they play well, I mean, they're probably one of the most beautiful teams I love to watch in the world because they yeah. pass it so well. But when you watch another team bunker down against them yeah, and you watch that, that tiki-taka for the next you know, half an hour and you're like, oh, they're yes. never going to break this. Yeah. There's no space. So it's, uh, Not at all. And that's Man City went through it for a while and then they brought Jekyll in. Mm-hmm. So they had an option. If you look when Jekyll's not there, every ball in the box, Navas or whoever put it in, it had to go low. Yeah. So th- there isn't that option. So you end up going down the sides mm-hmm. and then coming out and starting again because you don't have that other option in the box. Yeah, then you're, you're relying on that moment of brilliance from course, one individual. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, with that quality, you can get it occasionally, you can win some, but you could have a lot of games and you're just going to struggle against yeah. the team that bunkers down. You know? yeah, of course. Yeah. You, know, you get a burn. But, but it's, all, it's all learning, isn't it? It's, it's all a chess game because it did, there is trends in the game mm-hmm. that, okay, the Barcelona thing worked for a while and, and then Spain, yeah. all of a sudden, it stopped working and... And with Barcelona, you can't say stop working when you've got Suarez, Neymar, and <laughs> because yeah. all you do is just give them the ball, don't you? But, but any other team who wants to emulate that that don't have them three, yeah. you'll see how it falls down. Uh, now you know Man City, especially because I watch a lot of them and I love them to death. But every ball can't be cut back now to the penalty spot, yeah. Because now defenders will get, will get clever. Yeah. Now there has to be something else. Yeah. You know. So there's different trends in the game. So which, how do you- which, how do you think Pep's gonna, How do you think Pep is going to? I, I love him, mate. I thought I thought yeah. he was I thought he was the best thing to happen to English football. Do you think he's going to adapt next year to change it slightly? Uh, th- he's, he's clever a, enough, right? I think he's already adapted, mate. And yeah. uh, the, the thing with Pep for me is he hasn't come here just to to make Man City great. Mm-hmm. He's come here to change the game yeah. itself, and he's using Man City. He sees that as the best vehicle for him to be on to change the game. Mm-hmm. You know, playing Spain. Okay, we, we don't have the best club teams in the world, mm-hmm. but we do have the best league in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, in Spain, you'll have three or four hard games a season, maybe. In Germany, how many will you have? In England, yeah. you're going to play Hull yeah. mm. at, at, at three weeks before the end of the season and fighting for the life. But still, it's a task. I said it would be the hardest job he's ever done. And that's probably obvious. Yeah. I'm stating the obvious. But I meant with 
you see now we sort of lost a little bit trying to deal with the media. Yeah. And I just felt myself drifting away. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was boring myself to sleep. Did, did he give you the eyes? Did he give you the eyes? And you're like, oh, shit, he's going to yell at me. Chris was leaning with He's putting a gun at me under the table, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know what? I, I think I think if he's allowed to bring the players in that understand his system, yeah. because that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to change the game. Yeah. And I admire him for that. You know, um, whether he gets it done, I don't know. Because in this day and age, if you don't bring success to it, to the club that you're at right now, you don't own you. It's, it's cutthroat. I think there was a uh, you made some uh, interview on Spanish media yesterday. I think. And they were talking about, um, you know, what does he need for the uh, the team to move forward? And he mentioned something about, you know, he needs like a decade to get them up, which was jumped on. And I, he probably didn't mean it in that way. I think what he meant more was to get this team, you know, uh, pedigree in the world up to the equivalent of Barcelona or Barca, you know, Barca or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich. We need 10 years of success to get there. Yeah. But they chopped it out saying he needs 10 years to get there. So the English media has jumped on him today. It, like, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean yeah. it can't happen next season. It doesn't no, exactly. mean next season he can't win the Champions League, yeah. which is the ultimate goal yeah. for the club side. Yeah. I think what he's so, saying is if I win for the next 10 years, then we can be classed in the same right. level. Right. But it's got jumped on. Like, I know. thought he was saying give me a 10-year contract and, <laughs> yeah. and, and wait. <laughs> be patient. <laughs> we should be rolling right in. Not that he needs it. I'll give you 400,000 years. He hasn't got Ray Hudson doing the deal. Just just pulling into that ninth year, we're going to be really coming around that corner hard. So be ready. It's a nine year plan, ten year yeah. plan. We need so, one of those. Uh, so who have you signed this year? This so far, who's city signed so far? I don't know because I, I don't look at it till the end of July, and I know so much speculation. Yeah, I see Lukaku today with Man United, didn't he? Yeah, is Lukaku. Man United, yeah. accepted to Dave 75 mil. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Look, look until, it, until the, the window closes, yeah. I don't believe anything. It's just, I, I don't bother looking at it. It's nice when you see your clubs after somebody, you know, like you say, I have the connection with, uh, I look at West Ham and I go on the Twitter or whatever, and I say, oh, they promised them this, promised them that, and then I just don't get, now, the manager doesn't really buy the players anymore. No. I don't understand that. I mean, my mate Mike Marsh was assistant at Liverpool with Brendan Rodgers, and he said, oh, you have a transfer committee. Brilliant. Well, what's that all about? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Some complete strangers upstairs yeah. uh, deciding who you buy, and then you've got to make a team out of them. Yeah. Well, how does that? And then if it goes wrong, <laughs> fire the manager. Yeah. yeah. They don't get fired, right? No. Transfer committee never gets fired. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as they sell them for more, they've done their job, haven't they? See, you don't, you, we've had this discussion before, and you say that over here with American football, you have your GM who is buying the players, right? And then the coach who's coaching. Well, players. that's the deal, though. Like, like Bill Parcells is such a great coach. He can go to them and say, no, I want both positions because they want to be in control of who they're picking. Because if I have to win with them, I want to help pick them. Yeah, what's this saying? Uh, if I'm making the dinner, I want to buy the groceries. Yeah, of course. That's so, but, but there are a lot of coaches that they, they don't give them that power. You know, they put somebody in charge of hiring, and then you're in charge of, charge of coaching. Is that, is that buy the groceries or choose them and let somebody else pay for them? <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> Good point. Excellent point. All of the above. All right. You ever heard of that game, Fuck, Marry, Kill? Uh, no. It's on Howard Stern. you got to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Yep. Oh, All right. Liverpool, West Ham, and City. And City. Oh, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
You want me just to have you rank them and not have to do the F. Mary Kill? But the F. Mary Kill is so funny, though. <laughs> at least when Stern does it, it's funny, you know? You just threw this at me. I've been sitting with you for 30 minutes before we started the show. You could have taken one meal. Yeah. That's what you get uh, for getting off mic. I think, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think you won't pull back from that much look, again, look, will you? Look, if, you, if you're going to put me on a, a, a kill Liverpool, a fuck West Ham and have an affair with Man City. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, there we go. Yes. So it, you, you, <laughs> But growing up the whole time, you were that was Liverpool was your your team, right? No, I was an oh, Arsenal. I was an oh, Arsenal. Fan, oh, Arsenal. But I couldn't get to London as a six-year-old uh. unless <laughs> unless I was Dick Whittington. <laughs> like a bottle of one of your cats. Yeah, <laughs> he'll help you out. No, it was a little bit difficult because I mean, look, we were poor as poor growing up. We had nothing, and they made and his dad used to go and take me with them. So it was Anfield. It was and and honestly, when, when I think back. It's a lot of years now, but the, the European nights at Anfield and when the cup was all standing before the deceased stadiums, mm. uh, there was no place like it. Honestly, yeah. it was it was unreal. But I have, my, 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 sorry, I'm, I'm sorry for butting in. Bill Shankly's testimonial was my very first game. Wow! wow. Uh, it doesn't come better than that, does it? No, that's literally chills. Okay. Yeah. yeah, thinking about that. See? Yeah, I'll tell you what. What as well? What happened was in the, the top corner of the cup. It used to be a boy's pen, and it was like railings, like bars, and and it was like cheap for the kids to get in there. And then my, my older brother, who was in the army, who got killed in Ireland, he took us the game. He was home on leave for a little bit, and he took us a game. So we've gone in the boy's pen, but in the boy's pen, the bars were bent a little bit. So, and I remember getting passed down along the cop, oh. right to where he was standing. So I'd gone in the boy's pen because it was cheaper. <laughs> and then climbed through the bars, and then I was passed down along the cup, like to where he was, and sat on his shoulders. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, and I've got everyone crying. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's a shitty story. Oh. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Man. What I was gonna say was way more dumber than that. <laughs> That's a shocker. Oh. Yeah. Really? That's a shocker. Yeah. Um. So growing up in Liverpool, playing for Everton. But is your family predominantly red? They were red, yeah. I think yeah. that's why what it was when I was six, the 71 Cup final, it was Arsenal, Liverpool in the final. Yeah. And I rebelled. <coughs> oh, yeah. Shock. <laughs> so when you but, went, you, that's kind of a theme in your story, it, this, it, this it, rebel history. It, it sure is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to deny. <laughs> so, uh, so when you first went to Everton and started playing, how did the family react? I mean, how, how is it on, on Merseyside when you switch between one to the other? Well, I, I hadn't really switched that I to be honest. But, but you're officially <laughs> playing with the team. I mean, it's similar to like, you know, McManaman was an Everton fan, ended up at Liverpool. I think well, Michael Owen was too, right? There was yeah. a few, lot of famous Liverpudlians end up playing for Liverpool. I got offered, fans. Yeah, I got offered apprenticeships at both clubs. Okay. Yeah, I got, and, and at the time, Liverpool were unbelievable. And I, I just made a decision to say I have more chance of right. breaking through if I go to Everton. Yeah. And ultimately, it, it, it worked that way. I yeah. signed a two-year apprenticeship, and then I signed a year pro, and then a second-year pro made me debut, and, you know, it didn't work out on account of that's when Everton all turned around. <laughs> so there's another theme in my life. <laughs> you know, the fusion, now I'm going to get me big money, yeah. and then yeah. somebody just pulls the rug from under my feet. <laughs> just really getting settled. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, no, it was, I mean, to be fair, to be a professional footballer with any club in Liverpool, it's, it's one of them cities where you, yeah. you've got to know if you've been there. Yeah. They're very knowledgeable about the game. I can go back now as a never even played for Liverpool or whatever and sit yeah. with Liverpool fans and they'll appreciate 
the way you played football. Yeah. Mm. Because Liverpool were the team when, as far as football's concerned and all that great stuff that, that went about. Some great players who went through there. They're, they're amazing players. I remember watching, oh shit, when was that? 89, I think, when Ince scored for West Ham to in the League Cup uh, semi finals. I beat 4 1 at Upton yeah. Park on a, on a midweek. Volley, and I, yeah. yeah, and I remember the, the Liverpool fans applauding West Ham off at the end of the game. Mm. Just being smashed 4 1 away from home, and they applauded them off because we played so well that day. Yeah, I will say something, though, mate, on that level, the West Ham fans as well. I don't know whether there's a there's a, a bond between City and West Ham, mm-hmm. but it certainly is for me. Yeah. And the likes of Trevor Sinclair, Stevie Lomas, and and other players, obviously, Paolo Wanchop, or you know, you can go back. Mark Vivian Foley. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, God rest them. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, there's a thing. I think because they are similar, they appreciate each other. I was at the Etihad, the last game of the season when they won the title, mm-hmm. and it was against West Ham. Yeah. And. I have a picture of me that somebody had taken. After the game, the West Ham fans stayed to applaud Man City. Yeah. Now, you wouldn't get that from any other club. Yeah. And there's a picture of me looking, and I'm filled up because <laughs> I just lost the plot. Yeah. Just at the sight of it, you know? Yeah. All these, you know, you, you hear the stories about the ICF and Green Street Hooligans and all mm. that. But yeah, when it's to do with football, yeah. there's, there's nothing like them, honestly. There's, yeah. I think it's that, that idea, I mean, I think you talked about it earlier, is that idea about having a club that's perpetually underperformed yeah. or not underperformed but never quite got there yeah. you know constantly going down coming back up again but the fans are loyal it's a working class club you know everyone that's your team you don't you don't back away when it's no. on a bad no, day you, you never back away it's always you always support you always follow you always do it yeah and you can complain you know we I, yeah. the, the nine years i was there we went through some tribulations with the bond scheme and yeah. you know when you don't Fans are invading your pitch and flying the flagstick in the middle and look at and go, oh dear, I might save up a scouser. <laughs> but, um, you know, then, and then, you know, I had I had days up. We played against Chelsea. I gave a goal away against Chelsea and they booed me every touch that I had. Yes. Uh, I, I, well, it was Viali and Zola, so I've got excuses. <laughs> uh, anyway, and, and that was it. I was playing out my skin and I gave a goal away after about 20 minutes. I'm not going to blame Timmy Breaker, but it was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> and when you give the ball away to Bialy and Zola, you don't expect to see it again. Anyway, yeah. we went 1-0 down, so for the next 25 minutes, I was booed every time I got it. And, oh. and I went back and got it more. Yeah. I went back and got it more. And I'll, I will say to you, and I'll swear to you, I was the best player on the field. Yeah. And I don't say that very often. Yeah. Even though I might be sometimes. That's not very <laughs> but a lot of other people would have hit. Mm-hmm. You know, Alvin Martin used to say this thing about me. Sometimes you've got to leave it. I yeah. can't. Yeah. I'll come back in my own penalty box and help you out. Yeah. And I'll put myself in the trouble because I feel I can deal with it. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I did it that day. And then at half time, I look at Harry and I know what's coming. And he goes, uh, Bish, I'm going to make a tactical. I went, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me the bullshit tactical one. I said, listen, the boo and me, not you. Yeah. You coward. <laughs> took my shirt off, lashed it on the floor, didn't I? I went, do what you, do what you want. <laughs> anyway, I sat in the back on my own for the next 45 minutes. Yeah, what is that? And we won. <laughs> 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 it was freezing. And, and we won 3-2. <laughs> so I snuck out on the floor. <laughs> I ended up uh, a man up, I shook Harry's hand and went, oh, maybe you were right. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. 
I have a lot of friends that aren't, you know, soccer fans. And um, anytime there's a Liverpool match on, and they're, you know they're doing that pregame yeah. where you can hear them, you know, singing they're really. Line, yeah. I, I always tell them, listen, even if you don't watch the whole match, just turn on this channel real quick and watch this part. You know, because like you said, I mean, it's incredible. That's right. See, I mean, even now, it's look. You see how good it is now, but the seat. And imagine when it's thirty-five thousand in that end, and they're all swaying together, yeah. and the scarves are up. It was. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from what it is today, because even today, it, it's it's still. It's it's one of them things in football that you have to you have to do and you have to see. Mm. And they don't know. They're just regular people. You know. They just. That's just their song, their anthem, and, and their team. Yeah. And and honestly, I, I beg anyone go to Liverpool. When, when when American people go to England, they go to London. Go go north. You're gonna yes. you're gonna get nothing against the, the Southern Softies. You got a Geordie in the house. He's gonna yeah. make a lot of noise now. <laughs> oh, honestly, go north. It's it's so warm, even though it's not the weather. Mm. <laughs> it is. It is. That's some good night to Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> I had some good nights everywhere. I was, I was just going to say, I have a feeling you've had some good nights pretty much everywhere you've been. A few good nights down Big Market, right? Oh, big time, yeah. yeah I remember having to jump in the back of a Jeep to run away from these Geordie <laughs> mental cases. <laughs> and that was just the women. I can just listen to those stories all day. That's the best. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, when I say I spent four years at Carlisle, you'll you'll know along the A69. Oh. It's yeah. mental, isn't it? So because back then we wasn't allowed on the Thursday. When we did forage out, we went to Newcastle, so no one would know. It. It's like an hour and fifteen minute drive, isn't it? I wasn't driving, by the way. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> You know, oh. When you talk about loyal fans as well, when you go and play there, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Was it? Was that you were there at the Michael Knighton times, right? With Michael Knighton? No, yeah. Carl Allen was just after you. Yeah, yeah, he went from Man United. What yeah. he's got to do to Carl Allen? This is the guy who was talking about buying Man United back in the day, and went famously went on Old Trafford and was juggling the ball, ball in full kit, full kit wanker style. <laughs> <laughs> And he hadn't he bought kept, it yet. It didn't go kept, through, right? He kept it up for three, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Two more than me. Um, <laughs> but he was, uh, yeah, he was famously talking about buying out United and got on the field and juggled it. And then within two years, he bought Carlisle. <laughs> Fourth division at the time. I don't knock Carlisle, don't put me in opposition, neither. <laughs> Wasn't Carlisle just shut, like, just a couple of years ago when they got the, the floods, right? Yeah. They got shut down for a couple yeah. of months or something, yeah. right? They used to happen all the time. Talking about how wet it is, look. You get a canoe to train on. Yeah. <laughs> like Manaus. Hey, Manaus. Where's your canoe? Because there's yeah, a thing, he has to get Manaus into every show. So. Just his thing. Found it in a World Cup. It's a big deal. Yeah. yeah people sweating. Let's <laughs> take a... Can we hit a quick break? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Hey, Tailgate Show fans. Show's happy to be involved in working with Boca Raton FC this season. Get over to BocaRatonFC.com and check out their season pass prices that get started real soon, starting at $65 and up. 
So get out there and support your 2015-2016 champions of the APSL Boca Raton FC. It's like a chihuahua that's Einstein. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Wait, what? Give us that one again, what? You know, the dog, the chihuahua. Oh, chihuahua, okay. Yeah. Chihuahua or I besides, chihuahua? I, 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 yeah, I thought I said something else chihuahua there, but no, chihuahua is the word, definitely. <laughs> it's that little yappy dog. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. the chihuahua. Yeah, because yeah. it goes wow wow. Chihuahua, I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> Chichihuahua. The Taco Bell thing. Chicharito. Taco Chichihuahua. No, that's the player. I know Chicharito. Chicharito? He's a Mexican, though. <laughs> but he's not Taco Bell, I don't think. Okay, right, let's go. Oh, my. You're not going to make Neil's age? Come on. Yeah, probably not. Although I'm pretty pickled. Back with the Bish, live in the Cudio Thursday night. That's Ian Bishop. We need some callers. Yeah, where is it? Where are all the callers tonight? That is true. It's a little silent out there. I was just going to tweet something. My phone is... All right, so Bish, how old are you now? I'm 52. 52? So, I mean, you're still young. I mean, I mean, are, do you plan on taking one more swing at this whole thing and doing something? Or, I mean, like, in, what, in what sense? Coaching or anywhere, managing? Anything. You know what? I, I, I don't think... I think my days of the opportunities coaching here, my last left when I fought for the players' union when they when they folded Miami Fusion. So I don't I don't miss that really. It doesn't. I don't lay awake at night thinking I wish I was coaching because, like I say, when I look at it, the merry-go-round that, that it is, I'm happy that some of my friends are coaching there, mm-hmm. and it, it is it does affect you when they get fired and that. But it's not as bad because you think, okay, when another one opens, then probably get back in there, you know. You know, I've spoke to Jeff Casar not so long ago, and you know Jay Heaps, especially because I was looking at maybe you know some of the players that don't have the EU connections. Can I get them into their MLS clubs and send them good players, really? You know that that are in the area and give them the opportunity MLS wise. You know, so um, I have sort of, like I said, kept in touch with with some of the boys, and and look, we we had something going. I, I, it's it's hard for me because. When I say I was fortunate, I don't want to go over the same grounds again. I never left the club on bad terms. Mm. Me. So so you're always accepted when you go back. And when you have six or seven clubs, that's like very rare, you know? Right. There's always normally one or whatever that you've mm-hmm. you've had a fallout or whatever. I, I don't I don't fit in that category. I'm you know, the the missing out on the England side of things, I don't think there's anything that can make up for what what I've had. Mm. And then I talk about what was the best dressing rooms? 
And then they were all unbelievable, you know, mm. but in different ways, like, like the struggles at, the struggles at West Ham with the promotion relegation we had for a couple of seasons, we eventually got a squad together that stabilized the club, in my opinion. And I just want for them players to be recognized for that. You know, it's, uh, it's fine for me. I've, I've done things in my life. I've done other things in my life with other clubs. But, you know, you get the likes of Stevie Potts or Timmy Breaker that, that really don't, they don't vocalize things a lot and, and did a hell of a lot for the club, you know. Mm. I, I want them to be recognized, you know. I get my adulation from Man City because, you know, the, the Manchester derby and the first time I was there, which was six months, we obviously trounced what was a multi-million pound well, back then it might have been just over a million pounds. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if you think back to then on that day, Ferguson was getting fired. Mm. After that result, he was getting fired. It was another friend of mine, Mark Robbins, who ended up coming to City on loan that equalised in the next cup game after that. And then his dynasty, dynasty started, Ferguson's dynasty. And what it is, is it unbelievable, as much as it pains me to say it. <laughs> you know, one of my best days was when we stopped them winning the title oh. in 95. And we drew with them in the last game of the season and Blackburn won it. And we celebrated like we'd won the league, yeah. <laughs> which was the closest we would have got anyway. Was Harry manager then? Harry was manager. He was. Yeah. But him and Ferguson get on, right? Him and Ferguson, uh, Fergie, they get uh, on? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean there's rumours that they get on and they, they have a few <clears throat> glasses of wine, but yeah, I, I don't know if that's Harry spinning the media or what. Look, he's a master of it, isn't he? Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> you know what? He's, he's an unbelievable character. And I really believe when Hodgson got the English job, the England job, that Harry should have got it. But obviously the FA being prim and proper in the way they are, yeah. they couldn't have somebody with his background or or what he was going through in his in his other life, you know. Yeah. Um, but he still he would have got England playing football. For me, he's he, he used to say to me, "Go on, enjoy yourself. Go yeah. on, do your stuff." You know, a bit similar to Ray used to do yeah. when I was here. You know, you know what you're capable of. Don't really give you need to give you too much instruction. Just go and do your stuff, and and you want to play for them people, you know. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a, you think there's a thing that's missing a lot in, in football now? Or Definitely not, yeah. Have we got too like, you know, regulated and following structure and not? Well, I'll tell, I tell you what's happening now. The, the players don't know how long their manager's going to be there. So you can't build up that bond, really. Mm-hmm. Look what Pyatt did to, to Billings, yeah. you know, just as an example. And it's not just him. Look at yeah. Costa with Chelsea. Yeah. I can't stand people like that. Yeah. I mm. can't stand players like that. Yeah. I, I actually sat with Harry and... and I said to him once when I was negotiating a new deal, we were in Germany playing a friendly preseason, and I said, look, I just want to be treated fair. I want you to give me what, what is fair. Mm-hmm. I know what my friends are getting. I know how you rate me. Just, just be fair. I'm not going to say give me more than them. Mm-hmm. Give me that. And he, he went, well, okay, I can give you this much. And I went, well, that's not what people are getting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he went, I said, Ali, I've, I've had opportunities to leave this club, yeah. and I've stayed because I love this club. And he said, that's your own fault. <laughs> I went, okay. That's fucking later. business. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He's right in a way, but... Yeah, but the same but that, loyalty I showed, that loyalty I showed to the club yeah. and to my teammates and, yeah. and, and whatever, you know, I think that's gone out the game. I think, I think players... All games. I think players lack a respect for each other. Mm-hmm. They don't respect. There's no... You know, they cheat each other, con each other, and fool the refs. Yeah. And the refs are too stupid to understand it, to yeah. tell you the truth. You know, they've tried this at the Confederations Cup. 
about the video replay, which I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. I think it should be. Look, if this is such a big business, everything should be spot on. Everything should be right. Mm-hmm. And the, the amount of time they take rolling on the floor these days, yeah. you can watch a video or someone. The problem you have now, the refs don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. They don't know what they're looking but, for because they but, never played the game. I mean, yeah. but yes and no. But there are times when I feel like they take advantage of the angle. They know that he's over here. They know where he's at. Yeah. They know where he's at 24 hours, right? Mm-hmm. They know he's over there. They it's know true. now if I'm coming around this left side, I can easily make it look like the player that's in front of me hit me. And one guy, mm-hmm. how's he going to tell? Mm-hmm. And the other guy's way across the pitch. How's he You know what I mean? Well, if the fella's watching the video. Well, yeah. yeah they would have to go to that, though. Yeah, that one, yeah. Well, well let him be the one that knows. Yeah. See, my, my thing, especially in England, is, okay, we, we have the lower leagues where they don't earn a ton of money. You know what I mean? Why doesn't the FA now get a, a, a training program in place where these players, yeah, yeah. these players who are earning maybe a thousand pound a week mm-hmm. and having to survive, when they finish playing, they go and become taxi drivers or, or whatever. Why not put something in place where they can earn the same money? At least they've been involved in the game. They have an understanding of the game. And believe me, the players down there, these Premier League won't argue with them. These Premier <laughs> League players won't argue with them. Let them be. Let there be some sort of structure where they go into refereeing or can earn the same, mm. you know, have the same standard of living. I don't, I don't understand that. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I, don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be a referee. I was talking to my father a little while ago about refereeing, and he says there's a lack of refereeing coming up in England because they're, they're they're getting put off and frightened because of the way the referees are treated by 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 everyone on the field and people off the field. Right. There's such a lack of respect for the referee. Well, it's, a two-way street, it? it's a two-way street because their decision is final. And when you're a player and you're thinking, he's getting everything wrong, he doesn't know what he's doing, then you know, that, that's what upsets the majority of them and saying, how can you respect somebody who doesn't really know what he's doing? Mm-hmm. Somebody pulls somebody's shirt, how do you fall forward? That's simple yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> how, 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 does that not, how does the ref not know? Yeah. How can that be a foul? You know what I mean? So exactly what you were saying, if you have a way to get some of those former lower league players to get trained and become referees, these guys are going to have more respect for those kind of people, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, former player. He knows what he's talking about. He's been in this position before. Definitely. So he's definitely got more of a sense of what's going on here. Still doesn't mean he's going to be right all the time. True, yeah. But that's true. where your video evidence comes in. And maybe have a little committee, even after look. You can send people off, book people after the game. Why not have a committee of three, five ex-players that then look at it and say, look, you know what? He dove. Mm. He dove. He got a penalty. He won 1-0. It, it, it gained his club £100 million. Now, why not punish them? Why not take it away? Why not punish them? Why not get a committee of... Video replay. As much as I like that, going back and even maybe carding somebody for you know for faking it, whatever... But the problem is the damage is done by then. You know what I mean? And I, I think I think if you're gonna if you're gonna correct it, then I think the video replay will do it. But I just can't believe that an Englishman is is arguing about for that because normally you hear about even the bitching and moaning about um, the goal. What is it, the goal thing there? They didn't want the goal line technology. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I think since it's come in, everyone really. Oh it yeah. Out. Since yeah. it's in. But before that, there was a lot of argument against it. Yeah. Because look, you, you're watching English football. Everyone complained yeah. about it. Everyone. Why? I mean, the one you're watching is English, so you heard the complaints about the English. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, what, what it is, I think I would, t- I would all start that it came across, he said, there has to be human error. So the referee has to be allowed to make mistakes. But, yeah. but the, why let the game evolve and not the rules evolve? 
Mm. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense, does it to me? But so, so speaking of the rules involving, what do you think about the new changes that we're thinking about bringing in? There was a half dozen I noticed. Oh no, some of it's comical. The timing. Thing. Yeah, some the, the of whole it timing. Stop the clock comical. and do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know what it is. It's okay. We've opened the door now. You've opened the can of worms. Yeah. Now there's going to be all sorts of suggestions. In 10 years' time, the game's not going to be our own anymore, is it? No, it's not. It's but not it's, going to be our but own it's interesting anymore. watching some of the ones that they brought in. For, do you remember the one when the keeper could only hold it for five seconds? Yeah. They brought that back now saying, no, that doesn't work. It's in it. Well, it doesn't work. What's the referee yeah. going to go like that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and it's radio, so you can't see what I'm doing, by the way. <laughs> Often enough, the center back, hope, stand, I mean, the center forward is standing there counting yeah. for the referee. Well, hopefully, yeah. if, if some of this comes in and it is noticeably bad, they'll, they'll recognize that and bring it back. I think we watched VAR. Um, you only recognise it. Depends who's looking at it. Absolutely, yeah. Depends who's going to make money up. Um, you watched VAR work the other day in Confederations Cup. It was terrible. Did you watch any of those no, games? No, no. I, 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 probably good not to watch them. Cause they I, I'm actually not a big fan <laughs> of friendly tournaments anyway. No, know. I'm not. I, why, why, why dilute the World Cup next year? Yeah. Wait four years, will you? Yeah. You, know, you, get, <laughs> you? You get your qualifiers. Why, yeah. why do you have to have a... Uh, dress rehearsal the year before, you know. I, I, it's, I, I, I couldn't watch it. Couldn't I literally watch. had it on in the background. I'm working at home and I've got it in the background. So I guess we started the night and look. Yeah, at I read it. about it because of the VAR. Yeah, that, that's all because I'm interested in that and, and how it works, you know. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been working. Um, but again, I think back to your point. I think it, it, it's you know ultimately if we can correct those those big time errors, you know, if it is a you know Terry Henry handball. In a in in a qualifier, Lampard against that. Germany. You know, oh, God, yeah, that one's still. Well, but, but but things like that need to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand people saying then it'll be for every little thing. You know, oh, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo broke an eyelash again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I don't think you should micromanage football. Yeah. No, no. You don't want to micromanage, but I, I think big plays. You just got to pick and choose how to use it. And again, it's, I think it's a learning experience. You know, it, we, we have to adapt. There has to be some form of if we can improve on on human error in the game, we should yeah. do so. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, but 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 there's limits to that. You know, you can't take into every decision. You know, and throw it if it goes out down the line. Look, look at it. If it makes the game a farce, and, and yeah. which to be fair, at times I don't want to sound like an old fart, but <laughs> it is becoming a farce at yeah. times with all the faking and the falling down and the you know, holding the faces and yeah. you see somebody. Yeah. yeah, I think there should be more against that. I mean, that is it. it it's dragging the whole game into disrepute. I mean, it's that. Yeah, of course. Bad. Yeah, but, but we see we talked earlier about giving yellow cards afterwards and that, and maybe players don't don't care as much anymore because of the salaries they're getting. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they deserve their money. You know, American sports were. No, Sorry, right, he just pulled something over there. No, we're good. We could, we could American sports are way ahead of us in the Premier League, what they were paying their athletes. Yeah. And I always had the same argument. Oh, okay, when an actor gets 20 million for doing a movie and he gets 500 takes to get it right, when you're on a football field, you get a free kick and it hits the wall, you don't say, oh, hold on a minute, <laughs> let me get it right again. Why don't you, who's a live performer, get paid accordingly? You know, if the money's yeah. coming into the club back in the day, the money was coming in, it was going upstairs. Yeah. Why shouldn't it go to the people who actually do the job? Absolutely. Uh, you know. Um, but the, the faking bit, I think if the only way of stopping that is if you do punish them after the fact. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that they're going to think twice about. It's yeah, going to be in the wallet because that's the only thing that is going to register. 
with I'll make it players. relevant. Make it relevant. When we got yeah. fined, we got fined uh, a tenner for being a pound overweight. <laughs> <laughs> so every Monday I was like hundred quid for me. <laughs> well, I say, okay, there's a hundred grand gone. Yeah, it's still it's make a little dent, but. You know, if you've done it, just stop it or ban them for five games. Yeah. You're sitting on the touchline, you may not get back in the teams. Find out what hurts the most, yeah. and that's what the punishment is. Yeah, I think the only way you're going you're gonna to stop diving and, and stuff is retroactively catching because the, the ref, you know, he's not, he's getting, you know, hoodwinked in that moment when it happens. He can't see it happening. No, you yeah. can't really blame yeah. him for that. Yeah, he's playing it in, in, in real time, real life. It's happening in front of him, and he sees his contact, possibly. So, the, the yeah. dragging, so there must be something wrong when they know how many cameras there are. And they still do it. Yeah. So, so on that respect, at what point would you bring in a video, like a video ref for the diving or for the missed, kind of the, the missed foul? Afterwards. afterwards. Look, look, not, dur- not during the game. Oh, keep, keep the game flowing. Keep the game live keep with the ref. Look, if, it, if it means that something happened in the penalty area or something, you know, but in the middle of the field, yeah, it's different. You can you can look. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Now, believe me, I'm, I'm quite. A, I, I like the game the way that it is, keep it flowing and natural and with kind of like one person responsible for it all. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to bring technology in at one part, then you've got to think, at where does it stop and where well, does it go? Well, that's happening right now with VAR. Yeah. What they did with VAR is what they've said is it's only if it's a game-changing moment. So in other words, a goal. So in a box. In the box, a, a possible penalty, a possible goal, that's when you go to the video replay. Did, you see, did you see Aguero's goal in the semis against Arsenal? When the ball didn't go out of play and he put it in at the far post, they got knocked out of the FA Cup semi-final yeah. because of it. So things oh, like that. Came over. Yeah. Things like that. It was crossed from the left. Yeah. They said it went out of play. And the linesman said, and it didn't go out of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but things like that, it should be, right. especially the FA Cup semi-final. It yeah. changed the whole thing. So what? Yeah. What I heard uh, Howard Webb was talking about it. So he's trying to implement it in the MLS for next year. Right. And what he said was, it's basically that it's, it's a game-changing event. The game-changing event happens. What should happen is the guys in the in the in the truck see it. They then talk to the ref over the mic. Then they say to him, "I'd advise you to go back and look at that." Then he goes off the pitch and looks at the the physical monitor. And that would be a, that would be. A so what what they're saying is is that you don't do it for you know an average foul anywhere yeah. else, but game changing moment. Yeah. See, I, I just think that brings too much attention to the whole thing. The ref shouldn't have to run off the field. Yeah. It should be the fourth official that he signed. Yeah, tell him. And it goes through his, his hey, earpiece. So that, yeah. That's also true, but going back to what you were saying about that, that specific game being a kind of like a cup game or whatever, I don't think it should be just in the cup game because every game to every team is special and means something. Oh, I'm just saying if it's a game-changing incident, I'm saying oh, yeah. how big that game was and it was still wrong. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, it should happen in every game, every single game, at every, at every level, every league. It should happen if it's a game changer. Yeah. Oh, How do you compensate for the time, though, too? I mean, like, in the NFL, the clock stops and no, they can do... No. The thing is, is what the VOR has been working is to say, don't stop the game. The game keeps rolling, right? And the guys in the back thing are looking at stuff in real time. If they decide something's happened, yeah. they then call the ref on the mic and they say, hey, I keep pointing my ear on radio. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, they call the, yeah, they call the, the ref on, on his headset saying, hey, you need to go back and look at that. Now, what Bish is saying is they shouldn't tell him. They should say, you got it wrong. That, was, is, that is wasn't a, a penalty yet. This that wasn't decision. a goal. This decision, that's offside. Put it down. I cut to the yeah. time of the ref running off the pitch to actually yeah. watch the screen. Yeah. But I think there maybe should be a time limit to which they can react to that. There's no, I mean, to me, there's a danger I mean, there, there, too. Yeah, okay, you've got 10 seconds. In order I'll tell you what, Mike. Do you want to speak on the mic? Because no one else can hear you if you're not speaking on the physical. Before I let... Before I let... 
to me, there's a danger factor. If you're pumping something into his ear while he's still refereeing the game, to me, there becomes a human factor, though, now of I need to, I need a make-up call. Because no, normally, the t- the, it's so quick. He blew the, the whistle, yeah. So it's, it's an yeah. incident that the game stopped because Absolutely. there's obviously a whistle. Oh, call, okay. You know what I mean? But if, but if it was a situation where he missed something that he, he shouldn't have, then the game, the game is normally yeah. stopped at that point yeah. in some form or another. It's either gone yeah. in the goal, it's gone behind, he's blown his whistle for a foul. Uh, it's yeah. pretty quick. They the guy's down. Well, let's say yeah. cross the line, it's a goal kick or a corner. Yeah. It's one or the other. It's so, going to stop for either, you know? As long as the review happens really fast, yeah. then he can have enough time to be able to well, you know, again, do the right thing. And again, we're talking the highest level of the game, which is not going to happen yeah. on, on kids' parks, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact of goal line technology, when the ball, they know when it crosses the line, purely by camera angles, mm. they can then adapt that to take in whether it goes a goal kick, you know, off the side. They can adapt that. They can pick up cameras to work out where the ball is on the field physically. Right. So you can start adapting that to, you know, you don't miss a ball if it happens to go out. I can't remember which game that was. Is that the U.S. national team when the ball was up about five yards? They brought it back in and crossed it. Anyway, there's a few opportunities when that ball moves around between the field of play that you can pick up very easily. The other stuff, if they're watching live feeds, you know, most of the stuff, there's a reason why it finishes, you know, and there's a physical stopping in the play. Right. Not physical, but the, the, it's going on, but the game has stopped in that meantime where the ref can hear that information. So uh, I think, you know, there's, there's improvements to be made on it, but I think absolutely should be. Why not? If you have it at the highest level, you know. Well, well they can't have started it now. They can't have started with, you know, you know, all the other things that go on. And then all of a sudden say, that's enough. Yeah. It's not. It's just got to keep evolving. I mean, you just don't want it to become ludicrous. Yeah. Which it could. I think a lot of it's become ludicrous anyway, with the falling down, the rolling around. So, so the game gets stopped anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think now, now they're stopping it, adding on for every single substitute. You can't really waste time no more. I mean, it's still a ploy because you're still breaking up the play and stopping the momentum, which is, is fine. It's within the rules, isn't it? But, you know, they still add on 30 seconds for every substitution. Yeah. Now, if you're adding on 30 seconds for every time someone fell down or stayed down, the game would never end, would it? <laughs> <laughs> and the two things, my, you know, my non-soccer friends always say is it's not enough scoring and the faking. The it, drives, it drives people crazy. And you know, hockey did away with that. It's a you know, it's a penalty for yeah, guys. I know, yeah. I know, soccer has tried to do it. In hockey, they, they're dealing with a lot smaller area, and there's three guys on there. There's more refs, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the thing with me, I've always said it with the scoring. If you're, you're watching an American football game and it's and it's fourteen seven, it's still only two one. True. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. many points you get to your scores. It only counts point. in basketball. <laughs> Want to see a No point watching no, 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 no. None no of them players would ever get paid. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Bish, what, what are you looking forward to, soccer-wise? What, are you looking forward to anything? Yeah, the World Cup, mate. World Cup. Yeah, I love it. And the beginning of the new season. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know what? I had a little spell. Um, I had a little spell around about early 2000s where I stopped. I even stopped watching the Premier League. I was I was disillusioned with the game and the way it was going. And I had I had friends back home. We were trampling over each other to get a job, and I, I didn't like it, you know. And I, I thought, so that I'm uh, loading up the truck and I'm moved to Beverly, <laughs> <laughs> more or less. I just I just sold me house, put yeah. me stuff in a in a oil is yeah. Anyway, you know, I just started off and came over here and I thought, I'll get away from the game. And then before I knew it, I was coaching the kids and the kids were saying, 
well, who's that player for them? And, and did you see that game? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> watch it. But I got back into it. I'm glad they did, you know, because then I had to get me knowledge of the game back and who was who. And, you know, um, it, it gave me that fire back. And then, and then going back and watching a couple of games and topping my accent up. <laughs> it gave accent. A, there's, no, there's nothing like I mean, I do miss it. I, I don't think I'd move back there just for the football sake, but I do enjoy going back and uh, have some fun times, meet some friends and, you know, it's not as good as meeting Ivan in Slantia up north. But. Yeah. <laughs> so the World Cup's big and the new season's coming? Oh, definitely, yeah. Look, look every, we were just talking earlier about the uh, the games every Saturday morning, you know, mm. and it's for me, it doesn't matter how, how fuzzy your head is on a Friday night. Yeah. I'm going to get up at 7 o'clock and, and watch the footy. Agreed. And especially I do a little bit of radio over there and, and I have to be knowledgeable about most games. I do like to watch as many games as I can now just to get to know who the players are so I have a sense of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. There's no point in me coming on a show if I didn't really know what I was talking about. I mean, you didn't prep me any for tonight or anything, but... Uh, <laughs> we don't do that either. <laughs> Why, not, you prep here? Not standard procedure in the studio. Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't mind. I prefer everything live, yeah. If you, if you cock up, you cock up. You know, that's, yeah. that's for me, it's, it's the best way to be, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Research. I, I, you know, I, I flew up to Norway and I did the uh, TV2 over there, which is like the, the Sky stuff in England, where they do the Saturday mm. and then the Sunday. And I, I did that over there and I, I enjoyed it, you know? I just... I don't mind sitting around people talking football. I could stay here all night, you know, but... Um, yeah, there's somebody still here, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be like a 10-minute slot. No. I would have never lied to you like that, ever. <laughs> never. <laughs> so, the, yeah. No, it was Ray Hudson who told me. <laughs> Bish, Bish, let me ask you, what do you think of David Beckham and his project to bring MLS to Miami? Uh, you know, do you, know, do you going, know Beckham at all? Is there a chance you go back to work with that? You know what, if it came up, but I don't know who's in charge. I don't know whether the MLS are in charge and just don't want me around or or whether he's in charge. It'd be great. You know what? It, it It's dragged on, and I, I hope it happens. And I don't know how certain it is right now, but just to give us a team, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've lost sort of an interest. If there's a team here, it may, it may spark something for me. And it'd mm-hmm. be nice to go down. Especially if I know it's being running by, by proper people, you know, mm-hmm. football people that uh, I respect. Because mm-hmm. look, I mean, I, I don't know him as, as such, or played against him, and know what he's capable of and how much of a quality player he was. And if he's listening, yeah, I would have a job. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Take it right now. We understand he's a regular. Hang on, hang on. If he's listening, I'd like a job too. Yeah. <laughs> Make that for. <laughs> no, I just it'd be nice, won't it, to have a team back yeah. down? It's been too long. So do you do you? Uh, I know you obviously have been to striker matches, but do you know anything about the lower tier below MLS? I just know how fickle it is. It, is yeah. that the word you're going to use? Fickle? No, fickle it is yeah. because I, I use yeah. fucked up. You can use work too. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. 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 It's it's fickled up. Yeah. That's <laughs> compromise. Fickle is something my grandmother would say. Don't be fickly. I'm the same age as your grandma. No way. Uh, no. So anyway. You haven't seen his real hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, well, you said how old you are. How old? 
52. You're about you're three years older than me. I'm 49. Temporary. Yeah. 49. Again this year? Who's going to say it? Come on, somebody say it. <laughs> I don't look it. No, you don't. Oh, oh, you don't look it, man. You get your comedy timings all off. Yeah. The lack of prep here. You, you, you can't say it after I ask for it. <laughs> no, anyway, I've, I've seen that level of, of football. I've seen them try again to resurrect, you know, the NASL, the USL. And you, you just don't know how long it's going to survive for, how long it's going to last, you know. It's nice that now MLS teams have their second string in the USL or the NSL, which is it's just like when we were growing up, you know, the reserve team. Mm-hmm. And they had a league to play in, which which up north, it was the Central League, wasn't it? Yeah. Back in the day. Uh, down south. Southern Premier. I don't know what it was, because I don't think they went out in the cold or anything. <laughs> No. It's not. It's not cold down south. <laughs> it's never cold down south. I thought we always. You said you were in West Ham for nine years. Well, you know it's never cold down hey, south. Hey, listen. I remember playing for the Everton youth team, right? Yeah. We played in the FA Youth Cup. Yeah. And we were playing Tottenham in the quarterfinals. Oh, quarterfinals. <laughs> and we weren't. We weren't even allowed to wear long sleeves in training in the winter or yeah, trap two well. bottoms like the first team wear. Oh yeah. So, yeah. It was like. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Tottenham come down, and they had the long sleeves on with the hands in the sleeves. <laughs> and we, won the, we getting... won the game before we even kicked Yeah, exactly. Off. You knew they were going to kick out. <laughs> Five nil, we beat them. And they had three lads who were also playing in their first team at the time. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. So. Can you imagine it was, was that Fergie's line at halftime? And yeah. Nil nil with Man United. <laughs> <laughs> he said, come on, lads. It's Tottenham and walked out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Still the best halftime. He's <laughs> talking ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not that half my family's from Tottenham, but I fucking hate them. <laughs> Do you think that's a big problem, though, for the U.S.? Like, I mean, that that is a whole mess in the second division. Like, we talked about the problem with, you know, it, the U.S. soccer working. Do you think that's a huge, big speed bump? I don't know. Well, well, it is a speed bump. I think if it is used as a as a feeder system for the MLS, then that's fine. But but I don't know if it actually is or not. I don't know how many how many actually make the step up. I don't know the figures right now. I mean, you can research, but yeah. it's not it, a lot. It's not. If it's just yeah. another way of trying to generate income from fans coming in, then then I don't I don't agree with it. It's um, you know, but but and there's like 50 leagues. But nobody knows who two is. Somebody two people are two. One person is three. Five people are four. Well, the other side of the coin, it gives people a place to play, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. so all these youngsters now that come out of college and run around in circles chasing the tail, they have somewhere to go and play football and actually call themselves a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. You know, which which it's a double-edged sword as well. To be fair, because I mean, okay, you be a professional footballer, but PDL is now calling themselves, and and them players are trying to be treated like professional footballers. I I coached the PDL up in Virginia last summer, and. Uh, Obviously, you're dealing with the college kids who are put on a pedestal at their at their school. Mm-hmm. Now, my very first training session, we were 20 minutes into it, and three lads get out the car in the car park, and I see them strolling over, and I'm standing on the side, and we were 20 minutes into the session, warm up, and just start the session, and they're walking over, and then they walk across the halfway line, and they put the stuff down on the bag, and I went goodbye, <laughs> and they said what? I went goodbye, you know, once. What do you mean? I said, watch you get out of your car, you're late. And if you were jogging over, I would let you get your stuff on. 
and you'd give me a good enough excuse, and then you'd go out and train with everyone else. Mm-hmm. I said, but you've strolled over here. You know yeah. you're late. You can see the players training. And you come here. Who do you think you are? I don't know your name. Don't want to know your name. Get out. Fucking hell. Dude, that's the way to go, man. I mean, what, what, what are these kids expecting? They're kids. They're training. They need to be taught. It not only will teach them a lesson, but it teaches the rest of the players yep. out there yep. on my first training session that I'm not going to take that from them. Yep. Making people better people. Better people. Yeah. Same thing. No difference. Yeah. No I love punctuality. I hate people that are late. Hate it. Hate it. Drives me crazy. Yeah. I, I hate that. That's why I got here early. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, but you haven't been close. It wasn't just for the beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you haven't been close to the mic, and he's told you at least twice. <laughs> One time. <laughs> oh, get the fuck I fixed it. <laughs> Don't eat it. Don't move again. Listen, it, those stories are great. Would you want to miss any of that? No. Absolutely. Not. Exactly. So you had a bit of a link in with the uh, West Ham uh, youth stuff, right? Yeah, it was a bit of a link. You brought some kids from over here. Yeah, they have, a, um, they have a, an academy over here, uh, an international academy that they run camps for. I mean, it's they run um, camps all over the country, ID yeah. camps, and I would fly around the country. Mm-hmm. Not all the camps, but selecting the kids to come to their national camp, which is the end of, August, uh, end of July, beginning of August. And the West Ham coaches would fly in, mm-hmm. run the camp, Select maybe 20 kids to fly over to England in the spring break. Okay. And to train at um, Chadwell Heath or what's, what's it called? Code? Yeah. Different uh, one. Bromford. Little Bromford. Heath as well. Little Heath. And there's, they have a couple of places yeah. now, yeah. And they train in, and then they'd have a game against the West Ham youth team. So okay. it would give the American kids a chance to gauge themselves against right. the, you know, what standard they should be at. Yeah. And uh, it's great. I've been doing that for the last seven years now. So. Yeah, we were, um, my kid was playing over in Naples earlier this year. I think there's a team from Fort Myers that's, that's associated with, is it Fort Myers? Is that with John Robinson, yeah. Could be. John Robinson. Oh, John Robinson played, next yeah. to Forest. No, John Robinson. Oh, Robinson. Yeah. Okay. Charlton, you remember them? No. Welsh lad? Uh-uh. No? No. Well, he's, he's got a team in Naples that I put in touch with the, the okay. West Ham thing, you know. Yeah, there's, I don't know. We were playing. All of a sudden, one team came out with the West Ham like, logo yeah. on the sleeve, and I was like, really? Yeah, might be. Oh, better, you better be careful because you're not allowed to wear it, to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I got my team together, I tried yeah. to do that, and the club wouldn't let me do yeah. it. But um, I only captained them like and played for nine years and still wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have one ticket and buy the rest. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Should have put him in city gear. Did Sebastian Leggett come out of one of the West Ham camps? He, they... he was like, he was from that camp. Yeah? He was the first one that they got to actually sign pro. Okay. From their camps that they run, yeah? Wow. That's you know. Cool. So you know, this, you know this guy, right? Cool. Played for the US national team, like, earlier yeah, in the year. Yeah, he's at Galaxy still, isn't he? Yeah, he's at Galaxy now. He's injured, I think, right now. He's not playing Yeah, right he now. didn't break through the first team there. They West didn't Ham. really know. No, but he was on the, on the brink, and there's also good talk about him. And then uh, and Bruce Arena was at yeah. LA. He brought him back. And he's been playing for the Galaxy last year. This year, not so much. He's injured, apparently. So. Yeah, he's been playing for the national team. He played for the national team. Got a couple of and they brought Dwyer in, too. Well, he didn't play for West Ham, so I don't know. I want to see Fafa get back in. I, was, I know. I was at, uh, he played this week? I was at a restaurant. I don't yeah. remember if it was Sunday or Monday. And they had uh, Philly and Revolution were playing. And he made a gorgeous pass into a box. Mm. And a guy put a volley... Beautiful goal. He's Do you know this guy, Fafa Picot? Say that again, sorry. Fafa Picot. No. He's uh used to play for the strikers about three years ago. Mm. Three or four. 
Yeah, and he's been over in Germany. He's back with the Union now. Right. He got a national cap two years ago in a friendly game. Against Puerto Rico. Yeah. But he's playing in the Philly for this year, and he's he's starting to play now. In fact, there's his scarf, Chris, over there. Yeah. And um, Philly's a good setup. Starting to get good. Yeah. Philly's a good setup. They do they do good for the youngsters there. It's your thing fucked up. It's always your mic. No, I hit it. I hit mine. Oh, there you go. Dodgy. Dodgy. Not me. Nice music in the background. <laughs> All right, so you know a couple of people we know, so let's touch on that. Uh, Rooney. Yeah, Jim, yeah. Um, what has he told you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I already knew all of it. <laughs> so you got to board me. <laughs> yeah, how, do you, uh, how do you know Jim? I don't know Jim. Yeah. He was me, he was me captain at Miami, wasn't he? Yeah. And uh, he used to be the mediator with me and Ivan when we used to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> He'd come and put his armband on. <laughs> at the police station and get and bail us out. Yeah, yeah. The captain. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> and you know Olaf? Olaf? No. He says he knows you. Olaf Henke? Where do I know him from? Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale FC. He's the director of Fort Lauderdale FC. German guy? No. No? You know what? I've had so many nights out with so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I may, I may have, and I may do it in a minute just to spot. Yeah, it might, it might come back. I did have some nights with the, uh, with the Brazilian restaurant. Maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe. A couple of times went down there, yeah. Those are good nights. Yeah, when... Uh, Those like some beers and meat. That <laughs> <laughs> was Fernando, yeah. Fernando Clavejo was there yeah. at the time, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went down there, I think, twice. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know what. Like I said, I've got Alzheimer's. So what's the prediction for the World Cup? Let's do England and the U.S. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just a letdown, aren't we, to be honest with you? It mm. doesn't matter how good our squad is. You know, you look now, we, we just won the Under-20 World Cup, and the Under-21s were sort of unfortunate in the tournament in was it France, was it, or somewhere. And then people are going, oh, it's great for the future. What is it? Because will they break through and play Premier Leagues? I, I don't know. I, I, I very much doubt that. Many of them will, you know, so... It, it has to be that type of culture. When you when you think now, when you look at the Germans the other day, and I did watch that game, and they've got a, a younger squad or a, a like a second squad as they were calling them, mm-hmm. they're up. But most of them play first team football. Mm. You know that's the big difference. You know they play in the bundle. They play second team for the yeah. country, but in, first team yeah, everywhere exactly, else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which in makes in them good Germany. Enough. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Which makes them good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah, they kept saying that too. They're, they're the B squad, the B squad, but they're like, yeah, you really can't even call them that. No. Well, that's that's what you're saying. That's the difference with the English youngsters. They're not. They're not Strange. all playing in the air. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's there's so much more money in the Premier League than there is in the Bundesliga. Hmm. You know, when there's that much money, they're going to buy foreign, you know, players to, yeah, to right, fill yeah. that position. And unfortunately, the kids don't get the opportunity. I think the uh, David Gold at West Ham just said the other day, there's no. He said, "There's no way a teenager will get into a Premier League team in the next few years." Well, I don't know why the fuck he said it. That bodes well. I know. It? Yeah, yeah. Well done, boys, <laughs> coming through our system. So the West Ham kids. Yeah, are, yeah. They've oh, all left now. Yeah. Well, he's Oxford just time for Bushy. Yeah, for years. So what happens to the young professional English they players? Go, they go on loan to the lower divisions. And then that's it. 
and hopefully they get a few years and hopefully they can break into the team when they come back, when they're 22, 23. But again, I mean, look at Chelsea. Chelsea's got something like 150 players on loan around the world. Oh, shit. Right? Youngsters on loan around the world. So all these players are coming out there, like Solanke, who's just playing for England under-21s, just, you know, he was the golden boot at the uh, World Cup when we won the World Cup two weeks ago. He's just he's left Chelsea and going to Liverpool because he's not, he thinks he's got a better chance playing under Klopp than he ever has playing at Chelsea. Yeah. 21 or 20 or whatever he is, you know. But, it's, but you that's, know, the, that's the biggest difference now in England. Yeah. Like, like we say, when you go back in, well, back to me, make my debut at 18, that doesn't really happen anymore. No. When you're looking at, they have an under-21 squad or an under-23 squad, they're looking for their under-20, you, you're making your debut at 23, mm-hmm. 24, which your career's already shortened, yeah. you know what I mean? But, yeah, that was, that was, when I realised last year, I was looking at something the other day and they were talking about the under-23 squads at the Premier I'm like, really? Under-23s? It was under it was yeah. U18, yeah. U21, and 21s were stretching yeah. it. Now we're 23. So. Well, it wasn't, was that it? it used to be the first team reserves. So, so yeah. you'd get your under-21s playing with season pros. Yeah. And that was the difference. You were playing with men. As an 18-year-old, or 16-year-old even, yeah. when I played in the Everton reserves, I was 16 playing with men. Yeah. So it, you're never going to get that experience again. You're never that way again yeah you know what i mean that that you're playing against people who come back from injury who are probably international players yeah you know who are established players it, that's never going to happen again i think that's weakened it yeah absolutely it, 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 i don't think what's happening in the bundesliga is the bundesliga doesn't have as much money right so what's happening is they are bringing their kids through they've got extreme, they need to yeah yeah and they also read it, it, there's a really good book by um raphael honigstern who talks about in after 2004 world cup when germany didn't uh, get out of the round of 16 I think they basically tore the whole system down in Germany yeah. and redid it from scratch so like, every single team has to have this they have to do this and you all sign up typical German efficiency and they won on pens yeah exactly the Gary Lineker's play the Germans for 90 minutes and then they win on penalties um the idea, but the concept is, is they completely redid the whole system and said, okay, well, there's, a, there's a failure here. How do we get our players in? And they worked it out. And now you look at the Bundesliga and it's, you know, 80% Germans playing. Yeah. And the young kids are playing and they're playing regularly and they're playing, you know, they may get smashed by, you know, Bayern every week, but they're still getting to the point where they're going to they're play. They're going to get to that point and they'll play internationally. Yeah. And their team is, is you know, dominating. Yeah. You know, look at what they do internationally. So, so why hasn't anyone else taken on that? Is, um... Is is Germany like the the biggest one where they have the most Germans playing? Like if you have uh, no. the Premier League, you have England pe- people, like uh, US, English MLS. is more of the exception, right? Well, the top five, so it's just the top five in Europe. So it's probably Spain. Spain's pretty high on Spanish players. Yeah, yeah. probably like seventy five percent Spanish, oh, yeah. probably right. Yeah, yeah outside yeah. of yeah. Barcelona yeah. and Real Madrid. French yeah. is French is probably. French is probably like 60 because they get a lot of Africans because of the whole the yeah. colonial thing. Mm-hmm. So they get a lot of Africans, but they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty strong on, well, Africans meaning French nationals who happen to have African backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Italy's, Italy's probably like 70%. Germany's probably, I'd say, yeah, 70%, whereas England's like 10. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're so much lower. How about MLS? Oh, MLS is low too. Is MLS low. is like 25% uh, American born, I think. Yeah. It's terrible now. It's like, you know, like Atlanta came in the other day with, and they smashed those first couple of games when they played at the beginning of the year in MLS. But they were like, I think the whole, out of the first team, there was two Americans out of the first 11. Yeah. But there was a bunch of really young Central and South Americans. Central and South Americans. And we're talking yeah. like 18, 19, 20 year olds. Yeah. But it's Tata Martino, so he knows 
that market. So he's bringing in loads of Central and South Americans. But, uh, it's huge to populate with Colombians. Colombians. Yeah, absolutely. But it's. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think what, what tends to happen when the money comes into the league, it's they tend to drag in people from other markets. Because yeah. you're getting yeah. the best players from everywhere. Yeah, but then do you get a better player? Is honestly the 23, no. four-year-old from you know Ghana better than the you know 18-year-old coming out of the local market? I don't think so. I think no. it's just a. I think it's just selling the name. It's, you know. Just just going back to the, the European leagues, like if you look what Belgium have done, I mean they don't perform collectively as a as a team, yeah. but probably have more better yeah, individual right. players in their national team than than most other nations. It's always the last World Cup they came in as a, most people say like a third favourite. Cinderella, the Cinderella yeah. But they're doing something right at the youth level, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Same as the Dutch do, and oh, yeah. although their national team is struggling right now, but at the youth level they. They do things the right way. Absolutely, it's uh, generating that culture about you know mm. players. And again, it's like Ajax. I think you know they got to the UEFA Cup uh, yeah. final last year, but I think literally they're going to sell seventy five percent of their team. Yeah, but also Over you time. look like someone like Barcelona. I know they do bring outside players in, but their youth system, you, you have to be uh, Catalan. And, yeah, you know, uh, in the Basque country with Bilbao, and, yeah. and and they only have Basque players. You know, so yeah, I think it's a good thing. I mean, you got to. And again, it goes back to the club culture, right? I mean, so as you talked about, it's like, do you want to fight for that club? It's like, do you want an Alexis Sanchez who's going to fight and doesn't want to represent that club? Or do you want, you know, a couple of local players, a Mark Noble or whoever, who will fight until they fall yeah. over for that team forever, you know? And I think that's important. I think that's the, the blend of the two needs to matter. You can't, yeah. you can't keep saying that, you know, we need something better and better and better because getting better players, I'm doing the fingers, um, doesn't mean you're a better team. You know, it's, it's like somehow a team, it, back to what you were talking about earlier with your players and, and banning someone coming in if they're late, it's related to how does the team work together? Because ultimately it's a team game. Of course, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so what you talk about, you know, back in the day with your boys, it's like, you know, as a team, you fought and played together. Yeah. Right? The, the hardest thing is when, you, when you're in that situation is that you can only put 11 people out there. Yeah. You have 18 that want it and you can still, you're still going to upset some people. Yeah. But, but instead of them ups, being upset and sulking, they're going to be upset and fight. Yeah. And that's what you have to create yeah. within there. I think, I think the, the word's been said that a number of years now, mercenaries, uh, mm, how many okay. players have you seen come in and take the big deal? Don't care if they fail, because yeah. if they don't ask to leave, they're going to get paid up their contract yeah. and get another big deal somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember who that, there was that player at Chelsea a few years ago. I remember his name was French Defender. Or a Dutch defender who stayed there for like four years and never played. Never played, and, yeah. and, never played and got paid like you know half a million a year. Or yeah. It was like Damn. more than that. I'll take that gig. <laughs> yeah, decent thing. Yeah, you have to get picked, Scott. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think uh, when you heard about our strikers? What did you think? When when what? We're, you know they, we're gone, right? <laughs> it's gone. You know what? I tell you what I do. I, I, I play golf most Sundays. Um, when I'm not playing poker or riding me Harley. Uh, <laughs> Again, horrible life. life. Wow, man. God, God, I and, and, and most of the time I come down this way and, and go along commercial, uh, play at Inverary or mm-hmm. uh, Woodlands or somewhere. And I go past the stadium and I get a lovely warm feeling. Mm-hmm. And then I think about why why it never carried on. Continued. Mm-hmm. And, and even with the strikers, I always remember coming for the first game and it was full and the optimism of everybody and then the next game or two games later when they hadn't won that it was 1100 people again mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it was sad to me 
uh, I couldn't keep coming back and, and watching it because it was mm. sad. And I know, obviously, been here for 11 years now, that, you know, speaking to you lot and a lot of other people that I know, expats or whatever, are desperate for it to succeed. And like I said, it was so fickled up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the lack of it being Division One. I mean, that's just of course fact. it is, yeah. Well, well look, when we, when we talk about sports here, people follow the winning team, mm. right? Doesn't matter what sport. True. Know. And it was the same when we were playing footy. You know, if we were struggling, they would they would stay away in protest. They wouldn't stay away forever. Yeah. They would stay away in protest until something happened, and and maybe didn't they didn't blame the the players as much if you were given everything, heart and soul out on the field. They would still show, but if there's something else happened with the board or above it that was a reason, they would make a protest. You know, mm. it, it's for me, it's to be in that top division. I think here, especially, you need that. But even then, you have to succeed in that top division to keep mm. them coming back, or you at least have to have something. Whether it's maybe your youngsters coming through, like l- local regular kids. Uh, representing their hometown or whatever it is, yeah, we'll, we'll, that. we'll keep fans coming back and generate that cash flow. I think, yeah, we've talked about it in the past. I mean, there's a couple of the guys like Manny <clears throat> Gonzalez, who was here, was a local kid from Pembroke Pines, who was playing, and and he was out with the kids every week. You know, Tom Mulroy had him out there, you know, training with the kids, and it dragged. I mean, literally thousands of people into yes. that ground because yeah. I had friends of mine who've got no interest in soccer, but their kids, you know, knew Manny Tom from fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Stop me there. And they literally came out to the games purely because Manny was there. Yeah. Yeah. A, you know, this is a 20-year-old kid, literally a 20-year-old kid who's done nothing. He plays well on the field occasionally, but he's there teaching their kids, and I think that makes a difference. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. Especially in the soccer, you know, young soccer culture in the U.S., it makes a big difference when... You get some of those local kids come through, and you've got to tap into that, right? I mean, yeah, but the kids at school need to recognise. They need the yeah. heroes. They need, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, a, they need something to aspire to, you know. Absolutely. And and I think when when it's it's not a top level league, it's hard to aspire to it. You know yeah. what I mean? So so I think the Beckham thing, if it happens, will be a massive boost to. I know it's going to be. Where's it going to be? Is it going to be Broward? Is it going to be further south? At the moment, it's Overtown. Is that? You know what that means? <laughs> No, Overton's like the worst area of Miami. Yeah. And is north, it? west of downtown, it's not a good area. Is it? No. Don't ride your Harley there. <laughs> well, maybe I won't be going then. I actually have to cut through the Himalayas to get to here. It'll be over an hour. <laughs> you know, they and it's like they try. They, they haven't. Hold, hold on. It's not like they haven't tried before. They they moved the Miami baseball down there yeah. into a bad neighborhood again, and it's not like anything improved. No, I mean, look, I don't know what a, that neighborhood's going to suit David and his missus anyway. <laughs> but it, shocking that they yeah they They're, force them into it though. I think the only ones that'll take them is the problem. I think it just killed me opportunity for a job there. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, it's a long hike. You better lock that Harley up well. You better put it on a crane. You just give your guy in the corner 20 bucks. He'll watch for uh, you. Yeah. I, I don't think she'd be uh, happy about being called Project Spice. <laughs> oh. No, absolutely not. That's she won't classic. be. They're going to have to move that stuff. Justin, that's another drop. Yeah. 
All right, listen, we want to thank Ian Bishop for coming over tonight. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Thanks, what an Incredible. What's better than that? All right, we got the Bish. We had the Bish. It's over. <laughs> Tune in next week, 7 o'clock. Play us out, Matt. Uh, you're going to give me the up. Yeah, you got it. Come on. Hurry up. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.